bringing you everything under the Disney umbrella. Network 1901. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are going to be talking about the rise of Skywalker novelization. (laughs) We're so excited. We've got our clown makeup on. (laughs) It's going to be an interesting episode. Excited's not the word I would use. What word would you use, Alex? Um, dreading. Dreading. (laughs) Oh man, it was, um... I think we both had a very interesting experience reading this book. I, like, knocked it out because I just wanted to be done with it, and it was so difficult to do. And this book is so mm-hmm. short. Yeah. I took really long to read it. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, it, I mean, there's hard. different reasons why. Like, yes, like, part of it was because I just was having a hard time, like, getting into it because it made me angry a lot. But also, like, <laughs> with the whole pandemic thing going on, I had still, I was still working at my office when this book first came out. So there were just a lot of things going on with the transition to get into working from home. So on top of me also like disliking the book, there was like stuff going on. Yeah, for sure. I I do want to say like, I think our last episode came out uh, right when my work closed down. So, like, I've been, like, in isolation for, like, two solid weeks. And Alex has been working for home for one week, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we really hope that everybody is, you know, doing okay. Like, please stay home if you can. Like, that is the number one best thing that you can do. We know that everybody's getting bored. The stress is getting to them. We actually have some little recommendations for that. Uh, but it's been an interesting time. Uh, we still really want to hear from you guys, though. Um, since everybody's stuck at home, this is a great time to record your Star Wars story and send it in to us. We really love to hear from you guys. I'm not kidding when I say that, like, editing those stories is, like, one of the highlights of my week. Mm-hmm. So you can always you know, record yourself. You can write it out if you want us to read it. Uh, just send it to lipsticklightsabers1901 at gmail.com. We're also here. If you have any questions, trust me, we're here. <laughs> we are yeah, online. we are home. <laughs> we are home. <laughs> so before we get into a little bit of that, um, we do have some news from this week. So as of today, um, the Rise of Skywalker Blu-ray is now out. Uh, The home version was already out, like the digital version, but now you can actually have the physical copy. Um, I myself am not going to be purchasing this movie. Alex's is on the way, though. (laughs) Yeah, I got a shipping notification on Friday, so hopefully... How you feeling? How are you feeling about that? I don't know. I was going to say hopefully it gets here, but then I'm also like, oh, hopefully it doesn't get here. (laughs) Yeah, I I will say that um, reading this book has solidified in me that... I am not ready to watch this movie again. Um, yeah. Maybe when it comes out on Disney Plus. No, the movie is better. Yeah, but that's not <laughs> saying a lot. <laughs> that's um, re- <laughs> honestly, like I was thinking about it the other day because I'm like, okay, this movie is going to be delivered to my house. 
what do I want to do with it? <laughs> do I want to take it out of the plastic? <laughs> do I um, want to watch the movie? And I think I'm kind of solid on the fact that I think I will watch the documentary, even though there are some mixed feelings about it. I think I'm okay to watch that. And, I, and I'm kind of like prepared, like I know what to expect from it. I do not think I'm ready to watch the movie. Are you going to watch it with Tony? Or is he going to have to watch it by himself? I, I don't think he should watch it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he think still that, has no spoilers. Well, if he hasn't seen it, then it's not real in this house, I That's guess. That's very true. That is still very <laughs> true. I was pretty like, oh, you know, maybe I'll get the digital so I can watch the documentary. But I was listening to Scavenger's Horde talk about it. And I just... The... It just makes me tired. It makes me tired, which, again, so it's Sunday right now. I woke up this morning to a flurry of anger because J.J. Abrams opened his mouth again. (laughs) (laughs) And just every time J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio say anything about Star Wars, anything about this movie, I just get so tired. (laughs) So you watch it. You tell me. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it'll be a mistake, but I think that's my plan, is to watch the documentary. (laughs) (laughs) We could always, we could always cast it, too, but I don't know, man. (laughs) Yeah. In um, happier Star Wars news, um, Baby Ben rollout, we finally got Baby Ben content, Alex. (laughs) Bug hunters. Bug hunters. (laughs) This is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Baby Ben as BB-8, little rollout dude, is so freaking cute. He's chaotic and sweet. He, he loves butterflies. Loves butterflies. I love that Raylo's re- have now stolen blue butter- butterflies. Yeah. That's just the best thing. All of us have the emoji in our um, our name on Twitter. <laughs> oh man, I also love that. Like immediately. All the Raylos were like, oh my god, blue butterflies, but these represent, you know, rebirth <laughs> and feminine energy and all this. And then the creator was like, yeah, no, I just really like butterflies. Yeah. And Raylos are like, we didn't ask. <laughs> yeah, Matt Martin was like, oh, he just really likes butterflies. And we're like, mm-hmm, okay. okay. Yeah, we're like, whatever, we did not ask. <laughs> I am in love with this. I just, I love that we got Baby Ben flying the Falcon, Baby Ben being super chaotic it's just so freaking cute. I don't care what they say. It's the butterflies have meaning. It's world between worlds. It's, it's like, Padme's it's like spirit. It's like right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it's Padme instead of the daughter. This has fed my world between worlds, you know? Like, it's just, this is some good food. They can say whatever they want. You know what? After everything that they've been saying, I don't care what they say anymore because they <laughs> never know what they're talking about. <laughs> And then lastly, for some news, um, we do have two new episodes of The Clone Wars. We have finally gotten into the Ahsoka arc. Uh, This is Ahsoka alone. She is on level 1313, and she meets Trace and Rafa. So what have you thought of these two episodes? I really like them. Um, I love the new characters. Um, I'm enjoying them a lot more than The Bad Batch, just because I'm more of an Ahsoka fan than a clone fan. Um, It seems more um, character too mm-hmm. instead of like I, I know you get into characters with 
the clones and everything. Yeah. But to me, that seemed a lot more, like, fight-heavy and, like, political-heavy. Whereas with Ahsoka, it really is about her, like, she has no idea what she's doing right now. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think the, um... I guess, like, the world design, the, the the environment design of 1313 is amazing. It looks so good. Yes, it does. I really love seeing the side of Coruscant. And they're, I, I mean, they're drawing, like, a direct metaphor with the Jedi, too. Because, like, the Jedi mm-hmm. live here, and yet, like, Ahsoka has no idea of these hardships. And even in, like, the intro, it says something about how, like, Ahsoka learns that not everybody holds the Jedi in such high regard, a lesson she recently learned herself. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just so much heavier. Like, these are the Star Wars themes that I really, really love. Mm -hmm, For sure. So what do you think of Ahsoka's relationship with Trace and Rafa? I really like seeing female friendship. I think that they could have, because originally she was supposed to have a boyfriend, right? It was Mm -hmm. supposed to be a boyfriend. Um, I think because we have so few female friendships, it's nice to see one. So I think it was the right decision in this situation, but, um, but, you know, like, I always like seeing romance, too. So if, even if they were to do, like, a romance between Ahsoka and, um, Trace, that would be great, too. Yeah, I, I kind of ship, like, Ahsoka and Trace. I think that would be really mm-hmm. interesting. I do think that Ahsoka is ever so slightly queer-coded. Mm-hmm. Right now, you can kind of put any kind of sexuality onto, onto her because they have never fully gone for, like, anything. Like, I know in yeah. the Ahsoka novel... Um, there is another female character who has a crush on her. So, like, you could say that she's bisexual, that she likes women, that she likes men. You could even say that she's coded ace. Um, so until that they really pick a romance for Ahsoka to have, we'll never I really know. I can't see them doing it. No, I don't think they ever will. <laughs> um, which is a bummer, but I do kind of like that the options are open because it does yeah. allow for like, so many fan fictions and, like, so many headcanons to kind of yeah. like, all be canon at the same time. There was also a little bit of controversy with the most recent episode. So mm-hmm. Trace and Rafa are um, Hispanic characters, and they do fall into spice running, which is a problem that Lucasfilm yeah. seems to be having. With the Rise of Skywalker just happening and getting a lot of backlash with that, and then this. Yeah. It's a little yikes. Yeah, I, I think it's... I, I really do want to say that it, it's a tone-deaf thing. I think it's Yeah, a... I really do think so also. Yeah. And hopefully... Because here's the thing. Clone Wars was already so deep in production when The Rise of Skywalker was also. Mm-hmm. So there's no way that they could have changed things when they got that bad reception from The Rise of Skywalker. So yes. I really think it's a tone-deaf thing. And hopefully, going forward, we won't see it happen again. Yes, because I can totally see, you know, like, we're in this seedy underbelly of Coruscant, and so it's like, okay, what is a bad scrape that these women can fall into? And I can see how they'd lean to spice running, because that's a really common thing that happens in Star Wars. So I, I really think that they just don't have enough representation behind the scenes, so it just Mm -hmm. didn't register for them. And I really hope that they take the criticisms to heart, and we just don't see it anymore, because, (laughs) like, come on, (laughs) 
Come yeah. on, Star Wars. <laughs> I I really I'm trying to think of any like Latinx character in Star Wars that is not some kind of smuggler, drug runner, something or other. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's pretty sketchy. Which is kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm really excited to see where Ahsoka's arc is going to go. The last episode left off on Cliffhanger, so I'm really, really excited. I am excited to see where Ahsoka's going to go. I think that it'll be interesting once this season is all wrapped up, because like a lot of it's going to be about Ahsoka. Like She has a huge part to play in The Siege of Mandalore, to see how it feeds into her um, young adult novel, which isn't my favorite but yeah. it is pretty good. It, it's an interesting mm-hmm. bridge between, like, what happened with the Siege of Mandalore to her becoming a rebel. Yeah, and I just recently re-listened to that on the library app, and it was, like, I think I enjoyed it a lot more the second time. It's it's better the second time. I, mm-hmm. I for sure agree with that. So, before we get into um, the clownery that is the Rise of Skywalker novelization, um, Alex had a great idea, and that is to recommend some fun Star Wars quarantine activities. They're not just Star Wars. We have other stuff. (laughs) That's true. That's very true. (laughs) So... The first thing is Star Wars recipes. So I, I we will link to StarWars.com. They actually have a whole section of the website that has different Star Wars um, recipes, different um, snacks and desserts and stuff. Um, and then there's also, there's that Galaxy's Edge cookbook. Neither of us have it, but I'm sure it's pretty easy to order off of Amazon and do some of the recipes in there. Yeah, for sure. I think it's funny that... Everybody collectively is stress eating and stress baking. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, my stepdad, um, he's stir crazy. He cannot, like, sit still. So, like, if he's home, not only is he, like, working from home, but he's vacuuming and he's, like, picking up sticks in the yard. And, like, it, it drives me crazy. Like, I can't be around <laughs> him. He's, he's got so much energy. Um, but, like, he went to the store and because he needed, like, one thing and he came back with, like, all this like ice cream and junk food and he was like look Shannon I got you Star Wars like ice cream sandwiches and I'm like thanks (laughs) (laughs) so everybody's been you know wanting baked goods so just start baking now you can work on your bread like everybody needs to start making bread yeah like it's it's gonna be a good time (laughs) I made Jack Jack Num Num cookies. They were really good. <laughs> were they giant? Did you make giant? No, I didn't make them too big. I actually only baked like five or six cookies, and then I put the rest of the batter in the freezer so I could bake some more. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, to offset the baking, um, we also have some Star Wars workouts, which I have really been needing to move around. So, like, I've started doing, like, Pilates in the morning, um, which I'll also say you can probably find online classes that are pretty cheap, um, which are fun. They're, it's a lot better when you're, like, following along with somebody. Um, yeah. But Alex found lightsaber workouts, which I'm like, ooh, my <laughs> arms are, like, not strong. I need to do this. Yeah, it's a lot of, like, lunging and stuff with your lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like weight training 
but with your lightsaber. And this guy, the, at least this one that I found, he has different videos and some are Sith themed and some are Jedi themed. <laughs> and they're also like movie themed. So there's a Rise of Skywalker one and there's a Sith version of the Rise of Skywalker one and then a Jedi <laughs> version. That's so awesome. I do have a friend who um, was taking German longsword classes. I feel like that would also translate. So if you have like a yeah. lightsaber and you want to just do like regular sword fighting, probably still works too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I know my hilt is heavy enough to be like a weight. Oh God, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I got bored yesterday. So I like put on my dark gray outfit um, and like got my lightsaber out and I discovered that my belt is like not going to cut it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know what... We need need some some kind of like stiff leather or something, but like man, those things are heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this next thing is puzzles, which I know Alex, you are trying to get into puzzles. Yeah. Well, I have a few here, um, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll order a new puzzle online, but they're inflated prices everywhere. Oh God. Yeah. Everybody's like, doing puzzles. Like fifty, like like I'm seeing puzzles going for like eighty dollars. Oh man, <laughs> it's just. I mean, yeah. puzzles are fun. Like yeah. you know. <laughs> I think the only hope is like if you're on a grocery run at Target or Walmart to check the puzzle section while you're there. That's probably a good idea. You might not get like a fun one, but all you really need is like a hard one. Mm-hmm. So also. Netflix party and casting you so you can watch stuff with your friends. We've been doing that a lot. Um, <laughs> we've been struggling. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of problems with cast. I think it's because of my Mac. Yeah. So like, like I, I just I can host, host pretty easily, but I just can't host. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. So Cast is an app you can download. Um, it's not super intuitive. Every almost every time I use it, I have to look up like how to do something with Cast. But you can watch anything, and well, except for like DVD window. Um, yeah, because we tried to do that the other day. But then, like with Netflix Party, you can watch Netflix together and you can chat on screen. Like the problem with Cast is that whoever's hosting can't chat because you gotta have your whole screen. So I and I think Netflix Party is a little bit easier to use, a lot of bit easier to yeah. use. But you sure you can't chat as a host if you choose your window that you want streamed? That's what I tried to do yesterday. So yesterday we watched Your Name, which great movie, highly recommend. Um, and so I only selected that window. And at first I was like, oh, this is fine. This is going to work. Well, then the chat got messed up but then oh, when yeah. i went to do full screen anyway like for the movie it i couldn't go back to the the cast window <sighs> i know <laughs> i have heard that zoom is better um but zoom is really for like if you want to chat over it i think instead of like um typing like talking over it yeah um which okay is, zoom is like how i did that pilates class so like it is really nice to use like i guess it's kind of like skype um, but you can share your screens and everything. So there are lots of options out there. I just really miss Rabbit. Rabbit was the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, Netflix Party works pretty good if you're watching something on Netflix. Yeah. That, the only thing with that is that it has to be on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So every time we think of a movie, we're like, oh, but it's not on Netflix. <laughs> Basically, Netflix, expand your library. 
That was well, the we time. watched Solo. Solo was on Netflix. We did that watch That was Solo. really fun. Mm-hmm. It's been so long since I'd seen Solo. And, like, man, it's everything is so much better in hindsight. <laughs> oh, it's great. We love Solo. We, we do. We're Solo stands. We talked about the Solo novelization. It's great. Go, go listen to that. <laughs> um, we also highly recommend watching Emma and Beastars. Yes. So, <laughs> what's your review of Emma? Oh my gosh, amazing. Like, 10 out of 10, makes me feel so good. It the makes me, like, scream in a good way. Yes. Oh, the fashion, <laughs> the colors. Like, Anna Taylor-Joy is a joy. She's so good. Oh, it's so funny. Like, <laughs> And Mr. So, Knightley. Oh my god, Mr. Knightley. <laughs> I had never seen Emma, um, or N. Emma. Um, I'd never well, read it. Well, you haven't seen Clueless? No, I haven't seen Clueless. Okay, so I'm we're so going to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was watching it with my mom, and she's like, you know this is Clueless, right? And I'm like, yeah, I know, but like, I haven't seen that either. <laughs> okay, so we're going to watch Clueless. So we're going to watch Clueless. And, and we're going to watch Magic Mike. And- <laughs> but my innocent eyes, Alex. But it's just dancing, Shannon. <laughs> is it just dancing, Alex? I've seen Dirty Dancing. I know this just dancing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, please go watch Emma. And speaking of my innocent eyes, um, B stars. This is um, <laughs> this is a eighteen plus recommendation. <laughs> Definitely. After the second episode, <laughs> I had to stop. I was like, this is too much for me right now. I'll come back to it in like a day or two. I so like. I just woke up one morning, MC had tagged me in a post, and she was like, Shannon, drop everything and watch Beastars. It's like Twilight. Like, I'm rereading Twilight right now, and so I was just like, whatever. It's got, I don't, it's like 12 episodes, and they're like, really short. I watched the whole thing in like three hours. But like, it's a lot. <laughs> I wasn't expecting. <laughs> so it's about a bunny and a wolf. Who fall in love. <laughs> Yeah. And this wolf is Ben Solo. Like, yeah. literally. He's Ben Solo. <laughs> He's giant. And the thing about it, and the, th- the reason why it is so good is because of the, like, social commentary. The metaphor between, like, wanting to eat something and wanting to have sex with it is very thin, but it's very thin on purpose. Um, yeah. And, like, the rabbit, um, Haru... She has been through a lot. Um, she definitely knows what she wants. She's very confident in her sexuality. Meanwhile, um, Lego She the Wolf is a virgin bisexual disaster. <laughs> um, but it's really good. Like, I'm really excited for the second season. Um, it is not for the faint of heart. Um, get ready to discover that you're secretly a furry. Like, <laughs> it just makes me laugh. Every time I think of Beastars, I'm just like, when I think of the quarantine and like yeah. years to come, I'm gonna think of B stars and B-stars. how everyone became a furry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but also the intro is so pretty. They do it in stop motion, but it's so it's such a different vibe from the show. It's, I know, but I love the intro. <laughs> like I saw somebody post just the intro, and then they had to come back later with like a warning, and they were like, "Please don't let this fool you. Like this is not like for kids." <laughs> <laughs> they were like, please, this is out of context. <laughs> now we're going to move on to some books. Um, obviously, if you've been listening to Lipstick and Lightsabers, you know that Alex and I love to read. Um, part of what I've been trying to do to keep 
a schedule for myself is to read at least 100 pages of whatever my current read is a day. Um, now that I'm reading House of Hades, I'm doing it a little bit differently because of the way the chapters are structured. Uh, and then I'm also trying to listen to a bit of my audiobook. Uh, <laughs> trying not to do that as much because when I listen to my audiobook, I play Minecraft and I can't stop making greenhouses. I have a problem. But you know, hey, I'm listening to my book. <laughs> So, so many greenhouses. So many green. They look so pretty, Alex. I just have you made any Star Wars things in your Minecraft yet? I haven't. I don't know how to do that. But part of me is like, I why I I'm like I can't get Animal Crossing because look at me in Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to turn the monsters off in Minecraft though because I kept dying and it was stressing me out and I just wanted oh, to make no. the green. <laughs> I'll turn them back on eventually. Just after I find all this ivy that I need to make the blocks that I want. <laughs> we do have some recommendations for books. Um, Star Wars-wise, anything by Claudia Gray. Mm-hmm. Seriously. <laughs> all of the solo tie-in books. Oh, God. Those books all are of so them. good. All, all of them. Every so, single one of them. So that includes um, the solo novelization, Last Shot by Daniel Jose Alder, and Most Wanted by Ray Carson. And then, oh, and Justina Ireland's... Um, What's the, what is it called? Lando's, Lando's Luck. Luck. Yeah. Yeah. That one's good, too. It's not the best. I mean, it, it's a middle grade book, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. And it's got a cool yeah. um, female character in it. She's a princess, and she takes no crap from Lando, and it's great. L3 loves yeah. her. <laughs> so just overall, that group of books yes. are awesome. Yes. Uh, we also recommend um, the Rise of Kylo Ren comic series. Um, and I'd recommend the current Vader run right now. There's only two yeah. out. Um, we talked about that last week, mm-hmm. but they're really good right now. Yeah, so, like, if you're going to go ahead deep into comics, you can get the, like, the Marvel subscription right now, and that would be, like, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the 2016 Charles Soule uh, Vader run. That one's awesome. And the Dr. Aphra series. Really good. I was already on the train of, I'm gonna read this Charles Soule Vader run, but Mm -hmm. then the blue butterflies happened, and now I'm like, I need to read it now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We also really recommend um, Battlefront 2 Inferno Squadron by Christy Golden, which I still have yet to be able to reread, but like, I think I'm ready I think I've my soul you has should, healed. <laughs> so, does your library have the audiobook? It because does. Janina I, I have it reads bookmarked. it. Janina reads it. That's a good way to consume it again. I've, I've had it bookmarked. Um, it's always taken, and the waitlist is like really long for it. So, I just kind of keep an eye on it. So, whenever it becomes available, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it. <laughs> it's just so good. It's so good. And then also um, Rebel Rising by Beth Rivas. That is the mm-hmm. Jin Erso book. It's a lot better than I was expecting. It's probably not like the best, but YA wise, it's it's pretty good. I really like Jin's story. Yeah. And then there's also uh, Woman of the Galaxy by Amy Radcliffe. And we both read that book and it's yes. awesome. Really it's pretty so art in it. Good. It's a really good it's a really good read. Yes. Ray Nobody everybody. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then for some non-Star Wars books, um, Serpent and Dove by Shelby Maharan. So good. Blood and Honey comes out this year, which is the second Mm -hmm. one. Oh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be so great. And they just announced that it's gonna be a trilogy. 
Yes, which I'm not surprised by. Everybody was acting like this was a surprise, and I'm like, wasn't it always yeah. going to be a trilogy? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, and then speaking of trilogies, the next uh, Curse So Dark and Lonely, the next Curse Breakers, I, there's some, like, super long wait for it. I can't remember if it's coming out, like, next year in the fall or in the spring, but if you haven't read the Curse Breakers series, it's very good. Alex, I'm talking directly to you. <laughs> Highly recommend. I know. <laughs> Alex, these boys, these boys, the Ren and Gray are the babiest boys, and I just need them to be happy, and they're so sad. <laughs> Alex, one of them learns how to be gentle. The girl teaches him how to be gentle. I understand. I know the shame. <laughs> oh my gosh. But then also, um, anything by Sarah J. Moss, it's ab- they're absolutely amazing. You're not going to regret it. Uh, Crescent City was fantastic. Uh, reread Twilight. I'm having mm-hmm. a lot of fun rereading Twilight. Um, I read the book them. and then I rewatch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, um, man, Eclipse was a tough one. <laughs> we as a society do not remember Eclipse. We do not. Because <laughs> you're, you're so right saying that, like, people gravitate towards Eclipse for some reason mm-hmm. as their favorite. But you had a hard time. I think it's because of the tent scene. I think we all only remember yeah, the tent scene. The tent scene. The tent scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, because, and I like my review for it, I get, as of this episode coming out, it'll have just come out. And it... I kind of talk about how, like, it's weird, it's paced fairly strangely, but, like, yeah, the tent scene is some great angst, but only out of context, which is why the movie, I think people will remember, too, because the movie presents a lot of those scenes out of context because they change Jacob's character. He's horrible, horrible in the book, and I wanted to scream, oh, he's so bad. Yeah. So, like, they pushed the love triangle more in the movie to be more realistic. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, you're bas- you were basically saying, like, there is no love triangle in the book because Jacob is so awful. He's so awful, and he's never a romantic interest for Bella in Bella's eyes. It's always a I want you in my life because you are my friend. And Bella is horrible for putting Jacob through this. (laughs) But, yes. (laughs) Okay, so the next one is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte, but read to you by Fandy Newton. So right now, Audible um, has released 100 free audiobooks. You don't need to sign up or register for anything. We will link the uh like link to Jane Eyre in our show notes but I'm I'm, I think I'm about 80% done listening to it Fandy Newton can read every single one of my audiobooks she (laughs) is we knew she was a talent (laughs) we knew but oh my gosh like I can't stop listening to it because like I mean Jane Eyre is great but like Fandy Newton Yes. Well, and see, like, I'm not, like, a classics person, so even I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to listen to this. But, like, hearing what you've said about her reading it, like, I, I do think I want to give it a try because Sandy Newton is amazing. She, yeah, and she, um, 
her voices for different characters, like her going back and forth with Rochester and Jane, like it's so good. Like she oh, she good. reads like different voices really well. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, like, that's what just ruined, like, the last book I listened to, because the narrator was yeah. so bad. So bad. So, like, oh, that's so good to know. She should just read everything. Her and Adam Driver yeah. can be the narrator. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then for our last recommendation, um, any of Carrie Fisher's books? I've read uh, The Princess Diaries, but have you read her other ones? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have. I haven't read all of them, but I've read Wishful Drinking and I've read Postcards from the Edge, so I really recommend any of those. Pick them up. They're pretty short reads. They're quick reads. Um, and they're really entertaining because Carrie Fisher is hilarious. And doesn't um, Billy Lord narrate the like diary sections in Princess Diaries? I believe so. Yeah. So that's also really fun. Um, this is a great time to get into audiobooks and podcasts. I know a lot of people are saying that they're not listening to as many podcasts. I've definitely seen that in our numbers as well. Um, but it's nice if you're like cleaning around the house or, you know, like I said, I play mm-hmm. games while I listen, um, while you're walking your dog, get out, walk around a little bit. Um, it's a great way to still be listening and consuming that media, like, even if maybe you only did it, like, on your commute, well, now, maybe instead of spending two hours in the car, you can take, you know, a bunch of walks during the day, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, I think we have, um, delayed enough. <laughs> it's time to talk about The Rise of Skywalker by Ray Carson. So... How are we gonna... <laughs> How how do we start this? <laughs> how do we start this? Well, I, I let's like put some general thoughts out there. We did talk about in the beginning that this was very difficult for both of us to read. Um, I definitely felt better going into this book because of the leaks that had come out. Um, yeah. It did come out early, so we got to see a lot of the scenes early already. Um, yeah. Personally, though, those scenes on their own are better than reading them in the context of the entire novel. Yes. Yes. So because of that, I think both of us would say that we don't recommend reading this book. No. I I can't see myself ever picking this book up again. Yeah, I don't think I could ever read this again. I like Alex said, um certain scenes out of context like just on their own are good. Um, if you're interested in that, you can let us know. We can share some of it with you. We'll probably talk about it here. Um, or I would just recommend like seeking those leaks out. A lot of the Regalo stuff's already been leaked. Um, the only scene that is actually good is the Han and Ben scene, um, which was already but the I only would, good scene. I would argue, yeah, I would argue that's the only scene in the movie that is like a perfect scene. <laughs> yeah, so uh, for every... For every good thing, something gets taken away. And it, it, it was yeah, very difficult. Yeah, a lot is taken away. It was very difficult, yeah. I, I think the big theme here is that they really split the baby. Um, it's very obvious that they tried to please everybody. And for some people, like, I know some people did find comfort in this book, and I'm really glad that you did. But I just can't look past, like, oh, they gave us, like, good boy Ben Solo, but they also gave us this horrible caricature of Kylo Ren. <laughs> it was, like, yeah. And just, mm-hmm. it's just bad. It's just bad. 
Yeah, it was it was hard to read, um, which is funny, and I think it kind of reflects the movie too because it got harder to read as it went on. But this book is less than three hundred pages, but it, it's a hard read. Obviously, if you like Rise of Skywalker, it's probably fine. But if you didn't, then it's very difficult yeah. to get through. So, <laughs> guess we're gonna Let's go through started. this book. Yep. So, um, crawl still sucks. The dead it's speak. The same. The dead speak, Alex. <laughs> it's the same. Yep. Nothing new here. Yeah. Um, so right off the bat, first thing I've got on here is page six with, uh, this is Ray training with Leia. And I do like, I, I liked seeing Leia and Ray train, even though she didn't need to train, because we do still get flashes of feral Ray, like, of her life on Jakku and, like, how she is still angry at everything, but... Leia is very out of context, and I pulled this line out. Um, it says, why did you stop training with Luke? Like, this is Ray getting kind of angry. And Leia says, another life called to me. And <sighs> I want to say that it's being a mother to Ben, but then she continued her Jedi training anyway. <laughs> the Leia scenes in the movie are so rocky. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is because of the dialogue really not matching and like which they understandable talk about, apparently in the the documentary like they took the leia footage and they built scenes around it and that like to me it didn't work like i'm happy that like billy lord um is happy with like the output but was she that's apparently she said that she was okay so, like, you know, good yeah. for her. Like, her opinion is all that matters. But because True. they built scenes around what they already had of Leia, it's very out of context. It's really weird. That's why we have weird stuff with the lightsabers. We have weird stuff with the droids. Like, it just doesn't feel right. And so in the book, you can tell that, like, Ray Carson put more Leia in. But the Leia she put in is not the Leia that is we get in the rest of, of the character. Camp. Yeah, we don't get this and Leia in any other book. We've so for the most part, I would say when I've read Leia in novels, she has been very in character, and it feels like to me the story group and Del Rey puts a lot of like care into making sure that she is written properly because she is such a favorite and an important character to everyone. Yes. I would say Claudia Gray has written her more than once, young Leia and older Leia, and she does a phenomenal job. Other person who has written Leia is uh, Daniel Jose Older in Last Shot. I think she's not in it too much, but she's written really well and she feels in character. Um, what other whether books the um uh the aftermath series aftermath series still not in it i guess too much but um, she she's in it more um like in the second in the second two like in life dead yeah. and empire's end uh and this is like early mom leia because she's pregnant in both of them i think yeah but she still feels very in character like I remember because I don't like that series I think it's a hot mess but Leia is still like this 
like ice princess on the outside but you can tell that she's got so much emotion on the inside that she's like trying to hold it together for everybody which you really see in um resistance reborn i think rebecca roanhorse does the same kind of leia she yeah and like so so that tells me that a lot of people are putting a lot of effort into maintaining her character and how important it is to so many people but this does not feel like that, that Leia that they've been maintaining. <laughs> no, she she feels very larger than life. Like, she can do no wrong. She is everybody's She's mom. She's a superhero. Yeah. She is almost fictional in the sense, like, she, like, to everyone else, like, she is on this pedestal. Like, she is above everyone else. She feels very pure. She she really yes. can do no wrong. And, like, it's funny to me because Leia in Nine, to me, was, especially coming out of The Last Jedi, was always going to be dealing with, like, I lost hope and my son is gone and I don't know how to rebuild. But she does tell Rey, you know, like, we have to keep going. We still have everything we need. Like, this has always been Leia. She never dwells in it. She has to just yeah. keep moving. Um, but it's still there. And in this, like, she really seem it really seems like she's just replaced Ben with Ray. Yeah, and Poe. And Poe. Oh my god. But it, it like it's just it's a shame because I thought that the novel may have been the place to bring Leia back to where she needed to be. Because I, I understand, like, regardless of the way you feel about the Rise of Skywalker, the movie it was really hard to get Leia to the point that she should have been after Blast Jedi because you only have so much content. You have stuff to work with. But with the book, you can, like, you can play with things. You can play with being in Leia's mind, showing you what she's thinking, what her thoughts are behind things. So I Which hope. was the intention. Like, you can tell that, like, that was the intention. It yeah. just, this isn't the right but her, Leia. her intentions weren't in character yeah the it wasn't in it's just not in character which kind of brings me to this next point which is a point that i'm going to bring up all the time this book contradicts itself it contradicts the force awakens it contradicts a lot of canon it contradicts the last jedi um but right off the bat page eight contradicts tfa um leia says most important she would never send ray away well, in The Force Awakens, she does send Rey away, and even in the book, in The Force Awakens novelization on page 298, it is referenced where Rey is like, you're afraid, you're afraid, like, sending me away, you're reminded of Ben. So, like, this has already been dealt with, and yet they're bringing it back here, and it feels weird, it feels off to me. Well, it's just a lot of steps backwards. <laughs> yeah. It it's really feels like... To me, the best way to describe this is that somebody watched The Force Awakens and they took all these characters and they just did whatever they wanted with them. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't, like, well, read like, anything else or talk to anybody. This is just what they did. <laughs> yeah. It's like that um, Honest Trailers that came out, like, last week that said the, the, the Rise of Skywalker was, like, episode 7.5. Yeah. It's really weird. I mean, like, it's very clear that it's ignoring almost all of The Last Jedi, but it's funny to me when it contradicts The Force Awakens, and then later we'll see it contradicts itself. Like, so things will be said in the book, but I'm like, you literally just said the opposite thing, like, 
20 pages earlier. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's a mess. It's a mess. More stuff with Leia. Um, she reflects that she's not a Jedi like Luke and that maybe that's what Rey needs. I agree. Um, I do think that the key to m- winning is not in the old ways, but I do not think that was executed. No. It felt like everyone just made the same mistakes again. Yeah. Because she, she says that Obi-Wan failed with Vader, Luke failed with Ben, I can't fail with Rey. And I'm like, first of all, why is Leia suddenly a Jedi teacher at all? Like, her not being a typical Jedi should have been taken in a direction of, well, then we're going to do things differently. But instead she does yeah. things the same, but she says that she's different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Um... It's just, it's, this is why this movie altogether is just so, like, there is no closure to it because it feels like every mistake that's ever been made in the past is still being made. Yeah, it, it's not learning anything. Uh, it's just executing the same things over and over again and not very well. Which I think was like a critique with The Force Awakens. Everybody was saying that it was like a rehash of A New Hope. But, like, what made it good was that it kind of used that as, like, a starting point. And then, like, Ryan Johnson, like, really expanded. And they're like, okay, so, like, let's take the training wheels off and do something else. And clearly that's not the direction that Nine went, which is just ridiculous. (laughs) I just, I'm baffled. It's just, it's... I'm finding it hard for us to revisit this because I feel like we're reiterating so much of our of our last discussion about the movie. <laughs> I mean, it's it felt like revisiting it. It it really it like I was back like December twenty like yeah. So we find out that Ray has been having visions uh, like Anakin. Uh, she's been seeing like dark side visions, sensing Palpatine's presence, Mm -hmm. seeing her on the dark throne. Um, She wants to ask Luke for help, which is something that, like, is brought up so many times in this book about how she wishes Luke were there. And I'm like, what movie were you watching? (laughs) Um, How much help did she get from Luke in The Last Jedi? Well, and that was the whole point of her leaving Ock, too, was that, like, she beats Luke up because she's like, you're not helping me. You didn't help Ben. I'm angry. I'm leaving. So, like... (laughs) And then, so, like, and then that just reverts him to being that legend. Yeah. Like, she learns that he is not the legend. But he has... He is. But, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It just... Oh, it's real bad. And, like, when this is happening, she does reflect saying, like, you know, no one here understands except Kylo Ren, which is a theory and headcanon that, like, Alex and I always had, was that, like, she's surrounded by all these people, but she feels really alone. But what I don't like about this is that she, it's very clear that she does not like Kylo Ren, and, like, this is bad. This is a bad thing that she is relating to him. (laughs) And this is a reoccurring theme in this entire book. And I said to you, like, I have never, ever read, like, until this book or the movie, Kylo Ren being a separate character than Ben. I've always seen Kylo Ren as the mask that Ben uses to protect himself. 
Yes. He has still been under there, but this movie and book is so blatantly, like, hammering down that, like, no, no, Kylo Ren, he's a bad person. He has not been Solo. They have nothing in common. They do not like Kylo Ren. Like, we're, like, telling you, like, you shouldn't like Kylo Ren at all. He's a bad, bad but here, man. But here's Ben Solo. He's a good boy. Yes. See see the, see the how the baby got split there? <laughs> and that does bring us into the next scene, which is um, Ben on Mustafar, which, <laughs> like, I just, I wanted to like been on Mustafar. I really did. Because, like, Mustafar's really cool, and, like, it ties into Vader Immortal, and, like, that's awesome. But he is very, like, mad dog evil dude. Yeah. And, like, Legion General Pride is, like, he's almost beautiful to watch. Yeah, we... Honestly, (laughs) Hux's perspective is better than, like, anybody else's. Because, like... (laughs) Honestly, Kylex is real. <laughs> yeah. Hux, there is Hux bit, has it like, bad. There is fuel for Kylex in this book. Like, okay, back to B-Stars. Um, Louis is Hux. Yeah, 100%. B- 100%. <laughs> he wants him. Um, but, it, you know, they're just watching him and, like, he's crazy and he's killing all these people and blah, blah, blah. And it says on page 18 that Kylo Ren showed mercy to nothing and no one, which is a contradiction to The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Kylo Ren. Because, <laughs> like, in The Force Awakens, he didn't want to destroy the Hosnian system. He was against it. In The Last Jedi, he is never hurting anybody. He's just talking to Rey. He also doesn't kill Leia. And in The Rise of Kylo Ren, he goes out of his way not to ever hurt any of his friends. He does kill two people in that, one of them was more about him killing himself, and the other one was another white man who was wrong. So five for five. <laughs> it talks about how he sensed something watching him when he's like going Ray. to the Oracle. Yeah, it's probably Ray, because yeah. like Ray's well, starting here, to have visions. Here he says, um, he refused to put it away for um oh, this is about his weapon. He refused to put it away because for the briefest moment, as he was hacking away at Mustafarians, he had sensed her watching him. Now his guard was up and it would stay up until he got what he came for. But if he was sensing Rey, why would he want to fight her? Because Kylo Ren wants to kill Rey! <laughs> no, no, I don't know. I know, no, he, I know. Like, he doesn't because he keeps saying, like, after Palpatine tells him to kill her, he's saying, I have other plans. <laughs> yeah, it's like he wants to kill Rey until, like, suddenly he doesn't. But and he's like, no, we're gonna we're gonna rule together on the Sith throne. Like, okay. Well, like, it, like, it, it baffles <laughs> me because, like, in every Force connection in The, in the Last Jedi he's like so calm and he's so just like oh like you can see my surroundings i can't see yours just you like and then suddenly he can sense her so he keeps this lightsaber ignited i'm like why (laughs) that's your girlfriend what are you doing (laughs) he she's like the only person that he like has let down his boundaries for Like, why is he, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, no, I need to be Kylo again? Because this is a completely new character. Suddenly, Kylo Ren is its own character. 
I, I would argue that in every other instance that we've seen Kylo, he has been solo in a mask, but for the first half of this book, he is Kylo Ren, which doesn't make any sense. Like, who is that on, though? Is that, like, Terrio? Like, who? I, I think that's a fan backlash thing because people wanted Kylo Ren to be the big bad guy, you know, and he's just not. Like, he just isn't, and I think they tried to give us both in giving us evil Kylo Ren and good boy Ben Solo. They tried to do both things. Uh-huh. It just doesn't. And, like, skipping ahead a little bit, like, we learn, we get Kylo Ren's perspective, which is unique, because we haven't gotten his perspective before. No, not really. But it's so, he's so out of character. Like, he's just talking about destruction and wanting power and just... This is... This is one of the main things that makes the book worse than the movie is because I think going into this book, I was expecting even through his like kind of evilish actions in the movie, you would still get that like interior monologue of Ben Solo behind him, like putting up this like wall Mm -hmm. in the movie. And that's what I was expecting. I was expecting, okay, he's looking all menacing in this shot, but like he's actually really vulnerable and scared behind all of his actions but that's not the case no it's that's not not. what we got no like he and that's why it feels way more out of character in the book than in the movie because in the movie you can at least watch and you can decide you're watching and you're like you know what like this is what i think he's thinking right now yeah like to me i never saw him as like i am a power hungry ladder climber but like that's what he is in this book I always saw him, like, like he killed Snoke because he had to. Like, Snoke was going to yeah. kill Rey. But they've retconned that um, in the visual dictionary. And they said that that was a, a Sith test and blah, blah, blah. And he yeah. killed his master. And I'm like, what? And you, you even get lines in, like, books like Bloodline where they make it so clear that Ben would never want to have like a title of anything like responsibility like that to rule or like things like that just like hello like do you remember writing things about Ben Solo? Yeah well and then in the Rise of Kylo Ren he wants to be no one he wants to be nothing he wants to be no one he doesn't want this legacy he wanted to be a pilot like his dad and, and that's why, you know, in The Last Jedi, when he calls Rey no one, it is not like, like, some people will, like, take it and be like, oh, like, he is being so, like, verbally abusive and so, like, manipulative with that. But really, like, that's exactly what he wants in his head. He he says it really badly, obviously. But, like, that's the point. Like, he's, he's an like, idiot. <laughs> he, like, he wants to be no one so badly. Yes. Like, to him, that is, like like, what he wants, and he doesn't see it as a negative thing. Yes. Like, he's like, yes, I'm so jealous of that life you have. Ray is, like, everything that he's ever wanted. She's no one. She is not part of the story. Like, she can be whoever she wants to be. Like, that's why he wants her to, like, learn and train so that she can be free. Like, she could be whatever she wants. Like, he can't. Like, he literally can't. He walk like he was drugged into the dark side, kicking and screaming, and he doesn't see a way for him to escape, because like we'll see this later. Like I can't go back. Like she's already gone. Like he's got all this built up in his mind, 
but that's not what you see in the first part of this book. Like, he just wants power. He wants this fleet. He wants to take down anybody that's going to stand in the way of his power. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> How far are we into this book right now? Not very, Not very far. far. <laughs> Not very far. Um, some other stuff about Mustafar. We do get, like, the broadcast um, read to us, like, line by line in the book, which before you could already, only get in Fortnite. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was like, Shannon, watch this video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it's just funny that, like, if you hadn't seen the Fortnite thing, like, you can only get it in the novel now. <laughs> um, but, like, I don't understand it because it talks about, like, the great error being corrected and the work of a generation and the day of revenge. And I'm like, none of this makes any sense. What's happening? I don't get it. I don't understand Palpatine's plan. I don't understand how the First Order doesn't know about Palpatine because the First Order is supposed to be an Imperial remnant that went into the Unknown Regions, which is where Palpatine is. Palpatine, Palpatine's plan. He knew he was going to be overthrown, so he set up a lab somewhere in the unknown regions to send his soul over when while he dies. He did that as he is falling down the pit in the Return of the Jedi. And then he got rebuilt into a clone with his soul. But yes. And, and then he was like, I need to rule all the Sith on the Sith throne. But his body isn't strong enough because the cloning isn't working properly. And then... He's like, oh, but my granddaughter can inhale my soul into her, and I can rule as a young woman. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but the contingency plan, the Empire fell on purpose. They They let the rebellion win on purpose, because they knew that it, like, they weren't ready for it. And so... Tross doesn't know what the contingency (laughs) plan is. (laughs) This was set up in Aftermath, in Alphabet Squadron, in In everything. In everything. Everything. The contingency plan has been in everything. And yet, this book has the audacity to say that the First Order has no idea that Palpatine is alive. (laughs) I don't understand... What is the First Order if they're not part of the freaking Empire? <laughs> like, what happened to, like, Ray Sloan? <laughs> I don't think this book knows who Ray Sloan is. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know her. They don't know who Gallius Rax is. Or Rex, or whatever his name was. <laughs> they don't know about the observatory on Jakku. They don't know that the war ended on Jakku. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, anyway, moving on. So he gets the Wayfinder on Mustafar from the Oracle. That's literally all the Oracle was. It was just holding this Wayfinder. Why? I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) But remember that one Jedi Paxis leak that said the Oracle was going to kind of like... You know, like Oracles do. Like... Well, like, kind of make it obvious to Kylo that he's in love with Rey. Like, be like, come on, man. Like, we know you love Rey. No, it's not what he does. 
But, like, I almost think that that was in there because, like, Jedi Paxis was right about a lot of things. I think whoever Jedi Paxis was was crying out for help. Like, this was, like, Oscar Isaac or, like, somebody in the story department. They were, like, please help us. Yeah, I just love how we were all, like, Jedi Paxis doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, this is shit. And he, like, and he would change the leaks, like, all the time and we'd be, like, he keeps changing. Like, like whatever. And then, <laughs> oh and then he was right about everything. He was right about everything. But he gets the Wayfinder, um, the Holocron, whatever, and goes to Exegol, talks to Palpatine, and I do like that we get, you know, Kylo knew that voice. He'd heard it his whole life as a young man. It had been like the wisp of a dream, one he couldn't quite grasp. The Emperor's transmission had flooded the galaxy, and Kylo had begun to dread that Palpatine had somehow survived, that... His had been the whispering voice that had comforted, guided, tormented him for so many years. And then Kylo tells him, or Palpatine tells him, I have been every voice inside your head. I have been your master all along. And this gets no weight. There's no reaction. There is no reaction. I don't understand. Like, it doesn't get any reaction in the movie it doesn't get any reaction in the book. And you know why that is, right? <laughs> it's because now Ray has Kylo's storyline. And Kylo yes. doesn't get any weight to anything anymore because oh now we have to push put all, put all his old emotional weight onto Ray instead because he has to give her this whole backstory that copied his. Which if that was the point, like why even make Palpatine Snoke? Why make Palpatine the voice in Kylo's head, if it's not going to have any weight. It's got to just be splitting the baby again. Like, I'm, it makes me so mad. And, like, it's in the Charles Soule novel, too, because, like, Snoke is talking to him all the time, and then you even see it, like, transform into Palpatine. So, like, it's still there, but, like, they don't resolve it in any way. No. <laughs> like, I, I would believe Kylo's power-hungry, like, power trip thing if it was to be free from all masters. Yeah. Like, because he's but always it's not. been ruled. Yeah. Because even Anakin no, was always ruled by a master. There is no depth to Kylo. Like, the only depth you get is Ben Solo. Mm -hmm. Like, there is depth to that character. And there is none to Kylo. Everything you see on the surface is what you're getting in his m motives. Yes. And, which is funny to me, because if, even if they were trying to make, like, this new Vader, like, Vader is very sad. There's yeah, a lot of Vader, Vader content. Like, Anakin inside the suit is is sad. There is a lot, like, like you watch, like, Vader Immortal, like, it is so clear how he's feeling on the inside. And he is, like, you, you don't even get to see a face emote. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, it's done so well. And yet they didn't do that for Kylo. It's, it's like they took the idea, like, people who don't know Star Wars, like, think of Vader, and they're like, oh, yeah, this big, evil, cool, badass, bad guy, like, the end of Rogue One, you know, like, killing a bunch of people. Yeah. And that's all that they made him. That's all he is. That's that's all Kylo Ren is. Yeah. Yeah, so they're like, oh, all those people that love that scene in Rogue One, let's give them what they want. <laughs> <sighs> yes. So, we go back to Rey, 
Um, still on the jungle planet. I don't know how to pronounce the name of the jungle planet. Cause it's got a weird J in it. A, 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 Agent Claus. A, Agent a- Claus. Something. Carly Claus. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we find out that Ray is already building a lightsaber and that she used force healing to heal Luke's. And there's something interesting about this lightsaber that Ray is building and the ideas that she has for it. That she wants it to be a staff. Yes, with a hinge in the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally Dark Ray's saber. Literally Dark yeah. Ray's saber. Yeah, and like, we're going to come back to this because this is addressed again. Yes, because I remember when you pointed that out to me, I was like, oh, girl, don't forget that. <laughs> Because it just, oh, it doesn't make any sense. So basically, the lightsaber that she pictures for herself is a light side version of the dark gray saber. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, We switch to her talking to Leia a little bit more. Um, Now we're on page 32. And we get this fun little paragraph here. Uh, So... Ray grabbed Luke's lightsaber and handed it to her. She always returned the lightsaber to Leia. The general had said she might give it to Ray someday, but Ray knew how hard that would be. The lightsaber was the only thing Leia had left of her brother. I will earn your brother's saber, Ray told her. One day. But what about the last Jedi? Girl, I don't know. (laughs) Why? First of all, it's not Luke's saber. It's Anakin's saber. So let's get that in there. <laughs> oh, also on this page is the thing about the Alderanian hairstyles starting to tread on base. <laughs> Trend. <laughs> oh my god. Like, there's this whole, like, section about how, like, braiding has been trending on the resistance base. <laughs> and it's like, are you just trying to throw a bone to all the people who love, like, the tradition of Alderanian braiding? Like, people like me. It's really funny to <laughs> and me I'm just because, like, no. Leia doesn't wear braids in the sequel trilogy. Well, she has, like, her morning braid, like, up on her head after Han dies. I mean, that's a very different type of braid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I really think that they were just trying to explain why Billy Lord gets, um the Return of the Jedi Leia hairstyle, when you don't need yeah. to explain that, it's just that she had her mom's hairstyle. <laughs> they didn't have to put this in the book. But they did. <laughs> but they did. And I just... Man, Rey having to return her lightsaber, this lightsaber to Leia, even though it is called out to her multiple times, even though in The Last Jedi, Leia you know, tells her, like, we have everything that we need. I don't know why Leia would want to give it to Ray, but it would be hard because it's all she has left of her brother. This, to me, is the first inkling we get that this is JJ's 40-year Luke Leia revenge. <laughs> <laughs> not only... Okay, not only that, but the fact that Ray has done something wrong in, like, previous time to not deserve the lightsaber anymore. And since when? I all don't the darkness, get it. all the darkness in the Last Jedi, apparently, is not good enough for Leia. I don't. <sighs> I think it's more about. I, I really think it's about like Rey exploring her dark side in the Last Jedi, and JJ being like, "No, no, no, we're going to do it now." She... <laughs> <laughs> I, I do kind of like the idea of like Rey thinking that she's not 
worthy of the saber. Yeah, I think that's like that's different, but I I don't need oh, that yeah, it's, it's totally different because it's different for Ray to feel that, but then have that like reaffirmed. Like the text is literally saying that Ray isn't worthy of it. That's different mm-hmm. from Ray feeling that. And then having Leia go, like, no, it called to you, it is yours, kind of thing. Because, like, that's what happens in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Like, Leia, or Ray doesn't want it, but Maz tells her, like, the lab- the saber called to you. Like, you have yeah. to pick it up. Like, that's very different, and that's just not what happens here. So, the mask building. Pointless. Doesn't need to be in the book. Don't even know why it yeah. happens. It's just for toys. It's literally just for toys. I think even JJ just said, like, he wanted the mask back. There's no reason behind it it's just stupid it's bad it's just really bad there's this thing about how he needs to reforge the saber to like become the leader of the knights of ren again (laughs) broken and reformed like the knights like his grandfather (laughs) that's literally what it says (laughs) he he'd been working alone pursuing the wayfinder without the knights without the mask but he needed them now to help him find the scavenger quickly. Does that make any sense? <laughs> I don't understand it. It's just so stupid. It's just, it's dumb. And, like, there's, like, almost a redeeming part. Because, like, at the end of that section, it says, But the ambition that cut into his being was the thought of reigning side by side with her. They were connected. They had defeated Snoke. Together, they would be invincible. <laughs> He doesn't want to reign with anyone. It's like he wants to settle down on a quiet green planet and live in a cabin in the woods with Rey. They took the line. Tell me I'm wrong. So, like in the Last Jedi, he does say like we could rule together and we could rule the galaxy. He does offer her the galaxy, but like that already failed. So I don't know why we're doing it again. <laughs> so back to Ray. Ray is friends with literally everyone, including Beaumont. You know Beaumont. Yeah. Oh, he's, oh my he's friend. The super oh yeah, smart you know. Dude. Right. <laughs> man, if Beaumont so says that it's true, oh, it must be. Oh man, if yeah. Beaumont's feeling this thing, oh man, I just Beaumont, man. My friend, my friend Beaumont. My friend Beaumont. He's so <laughs> smart. <laughs> He's resident mansplainer. He's a professor. He knows all things Sith. Oh, so, yeah. like, if he He's says it, it's true. My friend, the professor. He's helping Ray read the text. Remember when we were like, maybe Ben will help Ray read the text? Or remember that whole thing where people are like, what if it's like Half Blood Prince and there's notes in the text that Ben wrote? Oh, but there are notes, but they're Luke's notes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just, oh man. I love how, like, Luke is, like, sacred Jedi text, but he also writes in the margins of them. Yeah, like, I mean, I guess I kind of feel that. I write in my books, but that's because they're mine. Like, I wouldn't write in the Jedi text, because those aren't mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but we get this scene with Leia reflecting again. Um, we're only 50 pages into this book, folks. It's going great. Um... It says, now Leia's breath came fast for a different reason. No, she choked out. Ray wasn't ready. There was so much left for the girl to learn. If Ray left too soon, she could be drawn to the dark side. Leia had sensed her pull to the dark the same way she had sensed it in Ben years ago. But as Ray's eyes continued to plead with her, Leia had to face the truth. 
Ray needed more training, it was true, but the real reason she couldn't bear to see the girl go was she'd grown so deeply fond of her. Luke had told her that the master Padawan bond was strong, but he hadn't warned her that she might come to see her apprentice as the daughter she never had. That is some more uh, 40-year revenge on Luke and that Leia. That is 40-year revenge on Luke and Leia. Because here's the thing. I'm all for, like, Leia really caring for Rey. I think we get that in um, Resistance yeah. Reborn. Uh, and I also like the idea somebody had that Han and Leia react so strongly to Rey because they sense Ben in her, because they are the dyad, they are two yeah. that are one. Um, but this is, this to me just reeks of Leia has replaced her son with Rey. Yeah. And like, even in um, in Resistance Reborn, there's this distance between Leia and Rey that is like Leia knowing that she has this whole weight on her shoulders and her not like prying into Rey either. Yeah. And like, there's, there's this distance that Rey is kind of making between her and everyone that Leia kind of understands and she respects it. Yeah. Because I think because of what Leia has gone through as like a young woman also. But, and it just, it, in this, I feel like they take that, they take that distance that like you were saying but then they turn it into, it's because she's not ready and Leia doesn't want her to go. Yeah. It's, like, really babying, right? It's, like, it's very babying. She isn't. Yeah. Because we had also both said that, like, Rey not going on missions could be because she doesn't want to get back out there. She's going through a lot of stuff. It's, you know, easier for her to stay and do blah, blah, blah. But again, like, it's different when you're doing it in this babying way of like, oh, well, Ray's not ready and I'm not afraid to let her go because look what happened to my son and now I'll never get him back because he's beyond anything good ever again. Yeah, <laughs> it's just bad. It's just bad. I don't, I don't like it. I just don't like it at all. We also learn that green is Ray's favorite color because it means life. And she also says multiple times that she hates the desert. She hated Jakku. She never wants to be back in that again. Like, even when she's on Pasana, she's like, I don't know how people live here. And then she ends her journey on Tatooine. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. We will get to that. We will get to that. Ooh, so here's a fun part. Let's talk about this fun part. A little bit of, a little bit of levity here. <laughs> so... Beginning of chapter five, we're back to Hux's perspective. <laughs> um, he's reflecting. He's like, Rin had no soft spots for anyone, except maybe the scavenger. Like, honestly, like, Hux is so funny when it comes to Ray. But then it comes down, because this is, this is his scene where he, like, sees Rin in the mask again, and he's, he doesn't like it. And it says, Hux distrusted masks on principle, but he was glad for Wren's because it spared him the indignant, the indignant assault of the supreme leader's hair. A good leader led by example, and Wren's hair was the furthest thing from regulation. A small detail, to be sure, but details mattered, and this one represented everything Hux hated about Wren. He was the exception <laughs> to everything, outside the rules, disordered. When Hux finally took his rightful place as supreme leader, the first thing he'd do was make Wren cut his hair off. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't kill him, he would cut his hair off. <laughs> No tor no torture, wouldn't kill him, would be like, hey, First Order Barber, where you at? I just love the idea 
of him being like, Rin's hair represents everything I hate about him. (laughs) I approve of this. I approve of it's great. He's not taking... uh, See, this is... This would have been a great time for Kylo Ren to have also had a depression beard because he stopped taking his beard suppressants that we know that Hux yeah. takes. <laughs> this would have mm-hmm. just added to it. It would have been so great. <laughs> so I think we've made it to Pasana. Yeah. Uh, first thing I want to say here is that when she's talking to the children and she says, just Ray, I always thought in this scene she was like, oh, no, you know, I'm just Ray. But in the book... It echoes in her head. Just Ray. Just Ray. <laughs> and then, right after that, that's when the bond opens. Yes, and apparently, this is the first connection since Crate, which I call BS on. I do. And then also, like, even though that... Didn't Kylo say that he felt her watching him? Yeah. When he was on Mustafar? Yeah. So... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, okay. It's just contradicting itself. Like, I don't understand how this could be the first bond. And it also says that with the connection came a certainty that turned the blood in her veins to ice. He'd been looking for her. So, like, this implies that, like, they have control over it. And to me, you can't have control over something that you haven't had in a year. Like, why did the connection stop? This also implies that they were seeking each other out in The Last Jedi, which they weren't. It was just happening. And, like, we've read fan fiction. We've read fan theories where, like, you know, you can open the bond on purpose. But... <laughs> but when your walls are down, when you're vulnerable, yeah, like, they open. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, we do get some interesting Raylo things here that, like, are good out of context. You know, like, about her wanting to take his hand, like, her not denying it. Um, It did something strange to her, to hear her name on his lips. (laughs) Yeah, like, out of context, great. Yeah. (laughs) And it even says, like, his voice carried the undercurrent of tension or maybe even regret. Like, this is stuff that they were just like, okay, you know, maybe. Um, She says that he's haunted. And what I... The but I do line. Yes, this is what I... Well... Okay, so we do get but I do, but... In the scene. But they take it back. So this is where, like, this book really contradicts itself again, I feel like. Because it says, like, somewhere that reminds you of home on Jakku, of waiting for your parents, the ache of being alone. She would not show weakness. She would not let tears fill her eyes. She would not... My mother doesn't see the darkness in you. He went on relentlessly. Your friends don't either, but I do. And that was Kylo's mistake, because he was deeply wrong about all of it. Leia knew about her dark visions, about the rage and impatience that always threatened them during training sessions. Maz knew it too. (laughs) No, they didn't. No. (laughs) But, so, and, and like, that's my thing. And, like, she, Ray had just said, like, a couple of pages earlier, we already mentioned this. Like, nobody here understands me, but Kylo Ren does. And now he's saying it, and Raylo's going, but that's where he's wrong. <laughs> like, I don't understand. 
Though I do really like this one. <laughs> she opened her mouth to tell him to go kiss a raftar, but he moved too fast into her space so they loomed over her. I wish that she had said that to him. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted more, like, bantery stuff, which, like, yeah. we're, we're, like, so close to getting, but since they're out of character... Like, some good, like, Luke and... Like, I was gonna say Luke and Leia. Well, oh, I mean, you know, Han, Han and Leia banter. Like some of that would have been nice. Yeah, but, no. but since Kylo is so bad guy evil and Rey is so pure good and virginal, like that's not gonna happen. <laughs> but it's okay for Han and Leia. Oh, of course. Well, except or apparently it's not. Except it's not though. So. <laughs> <laughs> because Luke is the pure virginal one. That's why. But we've reached the Ochi plot. I can't with this. <laughs> Alex, what is the Ochi o- plot? Ochi and Bestoon. Ochi and Bestoon. I don't even know what the Ochi plot is. I don't I don't either. I I think so we find out that like Ochi had been sent by Palpatine to find Rey. So like and, yeah. and this all happened on this ship with Dio because Dio is the one who says it. So where did Ochi come from? I, I don't know, <laughs> but like if he and, and clearly, why does he need a wayfinder if he had already gotten his orders from Palpatine? Unless he didn't like know where Exegol was, Palpatine just like appeared to him, and I'm like, okay, sure. But but what about the dagger? Well, he already had the dagger because he used that to kill Ray's parents. Yeah, but how did the dagger show you where to go get the yeah, wayfinder? Yeah, who made this dagger? <laughs> if somebody made this dagger, this person knew where the wayfinder was. And I'm like, well, why don't you... And it was after the pieces of the Death Star fell and settled. Yes. Like, how, like did that take years to happen because of the way gravity works? Or, like... Did they settle pretty quickly? But, but then like I don't understand. <laughs> but like because this was in space, how did it all crash onto a moon? Like the gravity on Kef Beer must be really strong. Why was Ochi on Pasana? <laughs> His orders were to get Ray. And, and bring her to... Yeah. Which he, he didn't do. Like, he killed the parents, because the parents were like, she's not here anymore. <laughs> she's not here. Yes, I'm not going but to then, check. <laughs> so then he goes then, to Pasana. And he crashes his ship. On Pasana and dies. Under, underground. No, he's underground. How did Luke and Lando know that Ochi was on Pasana with the knife, but they didn't know who Ochi was or what. I'm so confused. It just... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Luke's compass pointed him to Ochi. I don't know. I don't know. And, like, why is Lando part of this? Like, why did he take Lando with him? It's really weird. It's very weird. Like, I I just... I don't get it. And, like, I I understand, like... At this point, Lando had already lost... His daughter? Yeah. I don't know why they needed to give him a daughter that had been lost to the First Order. 
So then he could sympathize with Han and Leia losing their son. But that's the that's what I got from the book at least. Which which is fine, but I also feel like he's Lando and he's fought with them before. Why wouldn't he yeah. fight with them again? And like and here's the thing, like Lando was was Ben's uncle and they were really close. So yeah. like I get enough emotional weight from the fact that he lost like his unofficial nephew. Yeah. Which again, so this, like, is, this is all just <laughs> taking weight off of Kylo of Ren and Ben Kylo, Solo. Yeah, because it does say. Um, so we're on seventy four. Um, they turned our kids into our enemies, Lando said in a defeated voice. My girl, Han and Leia's son Ben, to kill the spirit of the rebellion for good. Which, like, true. Like the First Order was taking kids, but I really think there would have been more weight to. Ben, like, because he knew Ben, and they were very, very close, like we said, and... Yeah, and if he didn't have a missing daughter, then the last scene with Janna wouldn't have been as awkward. Yeah, exactly. Well, this... Like, then it would have, it would have, would have, it would have read, like, the book more, where it was like, no, he just wanted to help all the kids go find their families. It wasn't yeah, like Janna was which his. which I think is still fine, yeah. like, without him having a daughter, like, he wants to help yeah. them get back together. And, like, this makes me wonder, like, okay, well, who's the mother? And why isn't she here? Is it Kasha? I, well, then what Where's happened Kasha? to her? <laughs> I don't know. I'm. It makes me very confused. And, like, that kind of reminds me again of, like, Ben. Because when Ben turned to the dark side, like, Luke and, um, Luke and Leia. Look, there I go. <laughs> um, Leia and Han split up. And, like, Han goes away. So, like, maybe that happened with Lando and whoever the mother was with Lando. But, again, that is taking Ben's backstory and giving it to somebody else. Why? Because we're not allowed to feel any sympathy for Kylo. It's bad. They're telling us, no, ladies, you cannot like Kylo Ren. It is wrong. We are going to arrest you. Yes, you cannot love the villain. It is bad. Bad, bad, bad. Moving on. (laughs) So on page 88, we get another weird thing from Leia. Um, It's at the very beginning of chapter 7, and it says that Leia had observed that her formative years on Jakku had taught her to look for tactile solutions to impossible problems. Leia thought that could be why it took so long for the Force to awaken inside her, and why it might take even longer to shake that kind of conditioning. I'm kind of confused by this for Rey, because of other people we know that also grew up in the desert (laughs) and had hard upbringings. Yeah. And to me, this also says, like, if you have a hardship, that the Force isn't going to manifest in you, which that's not true exactly. It's just weird to me. And it's it's really weird because then like that kid at the end of the Last Jedi, like he's been through hardships too, and his force manifests in him. Yeah, it is really weird. Yeah, I don't I don't get the point of including that there. It just doesn't make any sense. But now we're at the force healing scene with the snake. So, what do you think of how it's presented in the book? It's weird because she gets this, like, she gets, like, really weak after, which we see with baby Yoda, but it 
feels to me like it takes her way longer than it should for her to, like, come back to normal. Mm-hmm. Considering it was, like, like, I mean, she's not a baby. Like, I would think that it wouldn't take as much from her as it did. To me, the book is, like, it's really trying to show you that, like, she's transferring life. And so, like, but, even though it's a good thing to do, it has a cost. Yeah, but, but like, apparently it's not a permanent cost. Like, you, your, your battery fills up again. Yeah. And so, I guess what they're trying to say with the end with Ben, and the, this is a line, you know, like, he gives her everything. So, like, I, I can... To me, they're, they're trying to, like, nail that down. It's, like, this is why he dies, because he gives her everything. But, like, that was a choice to make it be like that. Because with the Force healing, it's so new. And until that point, everything we had seen, it's you just recharge. So, like, that was still a choice for it to kill him, but not Rey. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was a dramatic choice. <laughs> it was them just being, like no, it has to cost something. Like, he he doesn't deserve to atone, so we're going to kill him. Yeah, which, I, I mean, I kind of get, like, the reasoning of, like, you know, he pays the ultimate price for bringing Ray back to life. But in every other piece of media, because of that act, like, it's an act of true love, it's an act it of selflessness. It yeah. is forgiven. Tangled, Beauty and the Beast, yeah. Yeah, it's... Yep. <laughs> It's a, because it's a happy ending. Like, this is a, a tragedy that he dies, and it's there's nothing good it's about it. It's a horror and movie. They 100% did not have to do it that way, but they they did. So, it's great. <laughs> I also don't understand how this also applies to the crystal, because this is the same way that she healed the crystal. Kybers are living things. Yeah. Basically. So she, you know, stitched it back together. But, like... Which it would have made even more sense if Kylo had healed his... I would have loved to see he his saber be healed 100%. I feel like there wasn't time for that, but, like, here's the thing. If he had kept his lightsaber, and if he had survived, we could have gotten that later. There were choices made in this movie that they, I guess, like, were, like, we're sticking to our guns, and they were like, we don't care what this means for other plot choices. Which they, sh- they shouldn't have done, because they screwed yeah. everything over. And to me, I am fully on the train of, well, Tross didn't care about anything else, so why should anything else care about Tross? <laughs> I know that's not how it works, but... <laughs> so, the we do get some interesting things. Um, I, there was a cute thing about how, like, Rey thinks of the Falcon as hers, which I think is adorable. Um, it's kind of more that, like... I didn't necessarily get that she thinks it's hers, but more that it's her responsibility to keep the Falcon safe for Han. Mm. She still, like, to me, she still sees the ship as Han's, even though he's gone. That's how that's how I interpret it, at least. Yeah, and I think you have a point, too. <laughs> it, see, see, this is what I mean. For everything that this book gives you, it takes something away. Like, even though it's giving you something in one moment, it's still, like, taking it back, which is so strange. So, this next thing, um, it's on page 26. This is, like, the scene where, like, Kylo's running Ray down. And, or, or it's, like, just before it. And we get some, like, interesting things here. I think, 
I kind of think of this as like Kylo's revelation because he senses Rey in the Force and he says that she's a bright presence in his mind, practically glowing with determination and ferocity. Something odd pulled at his chest. It was the same feeling he had when he'd faced his father for the last time, when he'd made the decision to kill Han Solo. You had to kill the past, yes, but you had to kill the light too to fully claim the darkness. He finally understood. Han Solo was his past, but Rey was the light. So, like, in the context of the scene, like, He's realizing that the reason he's in torment is because you have to kill the past and the light. And he killed his past, but he's still connected to the light. And for him, that is through Rey, which I do think Rey being this call to the light is definitely something we have seen before. And it's kind of weird that in a, in a in a small moment he's like, no, I have to kill her. It's it's weird, right? Because it's really strange. And then two seconds later, he was like, oh, never mind. Yeah, never mind. He's like, I oh, didn't that would have ruined all of my plans. Like it's it's weird. I think that definitely fits into how weird that Tie Fighter scene is. Like it doesn't make any sense at all. Like why is he running her down? Like what did he think he was going to accomplish? Um, yeah, and it's, like, almost like the book have to write it this way to explain why he was running her down. Yeah, it, it's really strange. <laughs> and later, like, he tries to, like, rationalize it as, well, I don't have to kill Ray. I just have to kill the light inside of her. And I'm like, yeah. that doesn't sound good. <laughs> like, that sounds bad. <laughs> so this does also take pain off of, like, I've always seen him in... <sighs> So here's the thing. The Last Jedi says the deeds split your spirit to the bone. Like, he's been more conflicted than ever since killing Han. This is saying that he's not conflicted because he killed Han. He's conflicted because he still feels the light. Which, it just takes some of that weight off of it again. It's just like, like we've been saying this entire discussion... It just goes back on everything. Yeah. I feel like we're just being repetitive at this point, but it's, like, it's so obvious in, like, every decision in this movie, in this book. Yeah. Yeah, I even wrote, you know, page 100 through 101 is just a mess, because that's that's the thing where he's like, oh, I yeah. didn't kill her. Oh, my plans, <laughs> you know? It just doesn't well, make any like sense. it's like Palpatine's plans. It's exactly like Palpatine's plans, like, not knowing what he actually is planning. Yeah. It's just, I don't get it. It's weird. Oh, and then, like, right after this. So, here's what's interesting. Um, When they're fighting over the transport, Ben is only pulling back because he doesn't want Ray to have it. It's so juvenile. He's just like, oh, Ray wants this thing? Well, then I'm going to take it from her. And then later he says, well, I was just trying to push you. Like, it's a flat-out lie, which we'll get to. But... We see Ray mourn Chewie like a lot, but then we don't uh-huh. see her mourn Ben in the end, which makes me very upset. Well, she's like crying, right? Yeah, she's like she's so crying. devastated that Chewie is dead, <laughs> which uh-huh. to me is more of a fan reaction because, like, yeah, Chewie is like the backbone of the film, and like he's been there for everybody and all of this. But I, I feel like the level of anguish she feels is more of like a oh, man, Chewie's my favorite, I want to give Chewie a hug type of thing. Honestly, though, I would probably put more of that criticism onto 3PO in this movie. True. Just because, like, Chewie went to Octo with Rey. He has, like, 
been her co-pilot in the Falcon for this entire year. I would say like she, he is like her uncle. Like they, I would, I would probably even say Chewie and Ray probably have a closer relationship than Ray and Leia and anyone else probably since Han, because they both have this tie to Han and both this response. Could they feel this like responsibility to honor his spirit in the Falcon and everything? So I would say that, like, maybe that reaction is granted, but, like, all the stuff about, oh, like, 3PO is, like, saying goodbye to his friends and everything, like, 3PO was never really part of, the, like, the new gang. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I I like that take much better. <laughs> and, I, and I agree with the 3PO stuff. Like, it's kind of weird. Um, yeah. But... I think, though, with Chewie, it's just that we're not seeing the behind the scenes of like their everyday. Yeah. I think that they're like every day on the base, I bet you Ray and Chewie are pretty close. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. So staying on Chewie, um, Chewie obviously doesn't actually die. It's one of the movie's many fake outs. But Oh, and then they put in this deleted scene. Yeah, they put in this deleted scene in the book of Kylo Ren torturing Chewbacca. Yeah. It's just bad. <sighs> Like, it's just I think this was, like, one of the first scenes that I messaged you about, and I was like, this is, this is very bad. Yeah. Because I remember (laughs) seeing concept art of Kylo Ren torturing Chewbacca, Mm -hmm. and we thought it was, I thought it really, it was going to be, like, an Avatar The Last Airbender, Zuko confronting Iroh in prison moment. But it's not. I hate this. I hate this moment. It should have been satisfying to watch Chewbacca wince in fear. Kylo should have felt pleasure in reaching out with the Force, inserting himself into the Wookiee's mind, ripping away his memories and thoughts. And then instead, it was exhaust- exhausting. And then, like, you get to see these, like, moments with him growing up with Chewie, Uncle Chewie, he called him back then. And then he just, like, Kylo just feels nauseous and leaves. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I got everything that I needed. Like, whatever. And, and, like, here's the thing. Like, it says, like, you know, like, what was her mission? Where is she going? Give me the answer or I'll take it myself. So, like, he's using that force practice of, like, invading the mind as, like, a torture technique. This contradicts The Force Awakens and The Rise of Kylo Ren because... In both of those, it is said that he doesn't do that for torture. Like, that's not that's not what that technique is. That's just, like, sifting for information. Like, that's not why he's doing it. And so, like, this is, like, completely different. And it just, it made me really angry to read because, like, those comics are, like, just coming out and it's just... It's like they they don't even matter, which I, I know that, like, the movie canon is supposed to be more important than anything else, but, like, it, it it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. And there's another contradiction to the rise of Kylo Ren that's the same thing. It says Kylo Ren was near and his conflicted mind was dwelling on torture. He'd ripped away someone's thoughts the same way he'd tried to rip away hers when they first met. He never tried to rip anything away from her. He said, like, he didn't want to do this, like... I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Halfway. We are halfway. We are halfway. This is when we start getting a lot of stuff about Finn, I feel like. We didn't talk about... Finn, right? Yeah. We didn't talk about them falling into the pit. Um, About, oh, I didn't tell you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
There's a uh, so lot. I think I'm gonna like. Can we just talk about the our gripes with the like Finn not telling her? Yes. So in the movie, Finn has something to tell Ray. We don't find out until after the movie comes out from JJ that the thing that he was going to tell Ray is that he's force sensitive. But in the movie, you come out of it thinking you're like, oh, he wants to tell her that he loves her. It's like a love confession thing. And the book, you would think because you are in Finn's mind and his thoughts in those some of those moments where he's like, I need to tell you something, you would actually get him saying, like, fully admitting to what he wanted to tell her. Or at least at the end of book. But you don't. No. It's still like... And then there's, like, that weird moment where Ray acknowledges what he was he meant to tell her the whole time. And, like... We know that she's saying, oh, I know that you're force sensitive. But, like, if you don't know that, that you can Oh, you they're 100% read it anyway. leaving it up to interpretation. They're 100% saying, well, if you want it to be that he was in love with Ray, then it can be. <laughs> There's so much Finn Ray in this that it's ridiculous. And it's really, like, they're trying to push, like, a love triangle that doesn't exist. Yes. And there's a lot about, like, how fixated yeah. Finn is on Ray and how people don't get it. And, like, again, you can say it's because they're both Force-sensitive, but when you read it and, like, you even know that, it almost seems like they're trying to contrive this Force bond between them. And I'm like, no, no. Yeah, and it's like, and at this point, everyone knows that Leia is, like, partially trained and she's force sensitive but like you don't see finn like cozying up to leia no. about it. yeah it's, it's just ray and i i it's weird it it reads really weird it's, it's it's really frustrating after reading the last jedi novel just because i i like i mean a lot of people probably remember two years ago when the last jedi novel came out jason fry got a little bit of criticism for the way that he wrote Rose and, like, the jealousy with, like, Ray and Finn and, like, all that stuff. But there's, like, an actual arc that that goes on in that book where by the end of the book, Finn kind of, like, is aware of everything and he learns to, like, get past that and to, like, obviously care for Ray. He's, she's his friend, but, like, he's, he's finally realized, like, I have to think about us as a collective, not just, like, one person. Yeah, the whole point of his arc is learning yeah. how to fight for and something, then, not just, mm-hmm. just her. And then, like, and then he just backtracks to the beginning of The Last yeah. Jedi again. Which is, like, solidified in the end. It says, you know, like, he had somebody taught him to save what he loves, which I would argue he did not learn that lesson. Like, he's still no. fighting what he hates. He's still fixated on Ray. I think he's still not really caring about the lives that he's losing. To me, he doesn't mature at all as a character. Like, if we want to talk yeah. about, like, characters who were completely destroyed, like, Finn's really took a hit, too. Really, I would say a lot. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> really badly. I do want to say, like, there's been a lot of drama with John Boyega, um, just the way that he talks to fans and the way that he's been reacting. Yeah. And, like... But, like, it's it's important to separate the actor and the character. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I don't want to, like, come up with, like, headcanons or, like, theories about actual actors, but I do have to wonder if, like, 
he's really going through it because of how his Star Wars career turned out and like it's resulting in him lashing out online. Like yeah. that's just kind of how I see it. Um, which would be totally warranted because his character was destroyed and I don't think he should feel good about how Finn turned out at all because they did him a disservice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this does get us to Kajimi, finally. Um, but again, it's weird. Like, we meet Zori. She wants to, like, arrest them, like, take them in because she knows that the First Order is looking for Rey. And what's so funny is then, like, what, 15 pages later, Zori says that she has no idea who this Rey girl is and what Poe has gotten himself into. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> this book just... Honestly, like, the whole Kajimi... The Kajimi section of the book was slow. It's bad. It's real bad. And there's a lot of added Zori scenes that so you don't need. Zori. It's very, like, I, unnecessary. Okay. I actually really love Zori, but it's unnecessary in this book. Yeah. Like, we are getting a Poe Dameron book that includes Zori, like, this summer. Yeah. Why? Yeah, it, 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 why it's do all we her, need like, more of her? Kind of deciding to like help the rebellion, which I don't think her we friends, need. But also like her friends. Yeah, like you're introduced to like part of her crew. You're like, wait, wait. This character wasn't in the movie. Like, why are we getting like a C plot? Yeah, like with with Zori helping her friends on Kajimi. It doesn't make it's sense. So it's so weird to read because then like they don't come back. Like, it, it just doesn't make any no, sense. I don't know why they're not why important. And also, like, God, is they, they're really trying to hammer home that Poe is a straight man and wants to kiss Sori. Like, it's really yeah. annoying. <laughs> That's the only reason Sori exists is so that Poe is straight, and it's very annoying. <laughs> but who pushed that? I don't know. It wasn't Oscar Isaac, because Oscar Isaac looked so tired. Yeah. <laughs> so tired. But with Kajimi, uh, we do get the second Force Bond. And this is where things yeah. got really weird to me. <laughs> yeah. Where are you? This is <laughs> um, when he realizes that she's in his quarters, that part. Um, is that what you're talking about? I mean, that part's fun. Where am I? Yeah, she goes into his quarters, blah, 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 um, feels the dagger, has her whatevers, and then, um, yeah, Kylo comes in. (laughs) I'm so irritated, because he says, like, (laughs) he says, I pushed you in the desert because I needed to see it. I needed you to see it, who you are. I know the rest of your story, Ray. And literally... Like we just talked about, he says that he only pushed her in the desert because he didn't want her to have this thing. Like we were in his mind. Yeah. Like this and then is a she's lie. Like, she's like, "You're lying. You're lying." And then he said, "I never lied to you." And like before, I'm like, "Yeah, oh, true." But he you had, had to never lied, except for just this moment right now. Kyla, yeah. Kyla's words always had an element of truth, even when their intent was pure falsehood. Since when? This isn't Kylo. The since when? 
uh, and then the your parents you, you were they were no one they chose to be like oh my god stop stop I also hate it says um she hated this that he had knowledge of her that she didn't that she was that he was the one to tell her and like in the last Jedi like she knew the truth she is the one who said it to me this is like taking that back and being like, see, he's just still putting words in her head and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no. It's just the blatant, like, disregard for The Last Jedi is very annoying. (sighs) They sold you to protect you. Big sigh. (laughs) Big sigh. Big sigh. Stop talking. And then she says, stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. You had this um, highlighted, too. He said, like a patient teacher, as though they weren't in the fight of their lives. Yeah! <laughs> the fight of their lives? Yeah, what's the fight of their lives? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. Hux being the spy and Hux's death. Mm-hmm. First of all... Um, his last thought his last thought before we get there before we get there like right before he says i'm the spy finn thinks he's he's gonna die again yeah and he says suddenly finn realized he did have one regret that he couldn't see ray one last time he didn't tell ray and then it cuts off (laughs) (laughs) so bad i hate it because it doesn't work in a book it, it doesn't not, work like, in a book. The, the, the element of like surprise of whatever he wants to tell her is not working. Like, no. if you wanted it to like be suspenseful, stop going into Finn's head in these moments. Like, you should have been in Poe's head. Yes, yes. Oh, it's so stupid. And why couldn't he tell Poe? It's so annoying. I just, I don't get it. I know, but like Poe and Finn are supposed to be so close, but they fight the entire movie. Yes, and they fight in the book, too. Like, I'm sorry. They try to sell you yeah. on this trio, but, like, the trio is not even present in the book. And they, re- they go- it goes out of its way to remind you what good friends they are. These are friends. They're fighting for their friends. Friendship. Woohoo. But, like, they don't act <laughs> like that. <laughs> they just don't. No. And, like, this is, like, it's just such a step back from Resistance Reborn when the Poe tied the younger oh, man's tie. Tied his tie, Alice. <laughs> the younger the man. The younger man. <laughs> oh, it was so good. We got so excited over that book, <laughs> and it's so sad that di- that that didn't like come through oh, man. In, in the Rise of Skywalker. Oh, so, so stupid. Sad. So sad. But. Alex. We were like a new storm pilot, like shippers. Yeah, like, and this so movie was like a bitch. You thought, <laughs> but Alex, what's the last thing Hux thinks of before he dies? Okay, so Pride is like, tell him we found the spy, and like, as as Hux is like laying there dying, he's, he thinks <laughs> his last. His last thought was of the scavenger. He hated that girl. She had ruined everything, yet over and over, she had faced Ren and survived. It gave him one bright, shining spark of hope against the oncoming dark. Ren might still lose. Then that spark, too, was consumed by darkness, and Hux knew no more. It's just so bad. (laughs) 
Why? <laughs> Hux was done so dirty. <laughs> yeah. Though, like... <laughs> Hux being the spy is one of my favorite things to ever happen. Um, because of how ridiculous it was in the... It was, like, done in the movie. <laughs> because, like, I just have such a pure, like, good... Like, one of my only good memories from that night of watching the movie was my reaction to finding out Hux was the spy. Like, I was just, like, no one else was reacting, and I was just, like, looking around the theater, like, why is no one else, like, reacting to this? Well, it's like, I do, like, in the book, there are, like, little sneaky hints to, like, Hux being the spy, and, like, Hux is just so extra, and it's just so... It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And, like, part of me wants to like that because, like, Star Wars is ridiculous. It's just that they gave him such a weird well, yeah. arc. It's like, well, I think, I think, like, the dumb stupidity of it is actually pretty Star Wars. And that's why I think I'm, like, cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they did him dirty. They did him I, dirty, but at least, like, it was, like, stupid. I would have been <laughs> dumb, but so, funny. It would have been so dumb if, like, he had escaped with them, and then he gets, like, a hot callus-type outfit, and, like, his hair gets messed up. Like, that's what I wanted. That's the dumb Star Wars that we need. <laughs> but we didn't get it. Yeah. Oh, well. <sighs> Gosh. So, there is, um, there's another thing here about the dyad. Um, this is when... Kylo Ren is, like, telling Rey that they were a dyad, which, again, if the Oracle didn't tell him and yeah. Palpatine didn't know, then how did he know? I don't know. But he says, um, this is on page 144, Kylo says, My mother was the daughter of Vader. Your father was the son of the Emperor. What Palpatine doesn't know is that we are a dyad in the Force, Rey. Two that are one. Her heart stopped. The dyad. His words rang with truth, deep in her very soul. They shattered her emptied her of everything and like i don't know how he knows about this dyad but i don't like that it's implied that they are a dyad because of who their grandfathers were no (laughs) that's a little bit weird why can't you just be a dyad and right after that when she escapes it says kylo considered it a small price to pay to encounter ray again to provoke her into a rage to say the word dyad and watch the truth of it wash over her lovely face he kept seeing her face the way her lips had parted with surprise the way her body had canted toward him if the millennium falcon hadn't appeared she might have come to him she might have taken his hand so good that's yeah like that's That's actually a pretty good paragraph that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> it's just so weird. Oh, I love how, like, the very next page, <laughs> I just wrote in the margins, I'm so tired. <laughs> I wrote it right next to the sentence that says, she was a Palpatine born of pure evil. <laughs> <laughs> just where she's so, I'm so tired. <laughs> now we are on the planet where the war ended. Not Jakku, but Endor. We're not on the planet. We're on the the, oh, that's the right. ocean we're on moon. The other moon. Yes. We're in the system, I guess. Yes. War didn't end here. I love the look of it, though. I think it's it's gorgeous. I mean the the water fight on the Death Star is very pretty, even though it, it's meaningless. Um, yeah. But it is interesting. 
I do think that Ray's vision is completely pointless, her dark gray vision. She doesn't learn anything. Um, she doesn't embrace anything. Um, if anything, she just kills her shadow right afterwards. Um, it's literally just rehashing um, Empire Strikes Back. Ray already had a, a cave vision and it meant so much more. Um, I like dark gray, but I don't like how it's used. <laughs> Um, but I think it's interesting, she mentions that he was maskless, and somehow she knew that he would never wear his mask for her again. Which, like, we already knew, but, like, why did he have a mask to begin with? And just, why are we drawing more attention to because it? Because of toys. It was toys. It, it was, was toys. just toys. Bob it was, Iger. I don't know. Mr. Bob. But then right after this, this is another thing that just irritates me. Um, cause he says, you've proven something else. You can't go back to her now. Like I can't. And like, that's such good sad boy angst. But then Ray says like her, his words cleared her head because he was wrong. Her darkest self had told her not to be afraid of who she was, but so had Leia. Leia knew and she had still chosen to train her. Kylo Ren did not understand his mother at all. I just... <sighs> Implying that Leia knew about Ray's dark side, but then gives up on Ben, just... But also, like, you were saying, like, oh, Kylo doesn't know his mom. And then there's another line further in the book that is, like, implying that, like, Kylo is, like, well, Ben is, like, all his father. Mm -hmm. Like, that he is, like, like, the characteristics of his father. Like, Ray is, like, thinking about that. But, like, there's so much Leia in him. There's so like, much. like, to just say, like, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. It's, it's very weird. They really... This is another reason why I think that it's JJ's 40-year revenge. <laughs> because they, they give Han Solo completely to Ben which allows Rey to be this conduit, which he literally said, for Luke and Leia. Because there is no Leia in Ben yeah. Solo, which is ridiculous. I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he said that. So we've arrived at Leia's death. I mean, there's some other stuff with this fight. Um, you know, like they can hear each other in their minds, which is interesting, um, which I really like. But so the thing with Leia, in this entire book, she has been hearing Luke call out to her because Luke is telling her, like, it's time to let go. Like, it's it's time to die, basically. But she holds on because she still has work to do. And I, I do like the idea of, like, she's holding on for the Resistance, but she's also holding on for Ben. But so much of this book made it so clear that, like, she really had given up on Ben that it, it doesn't fit for me. I still like it. I still like um, seeing that she never gave hope for gave up hope for him um, and that she reached out to him even though she knew that the effort would take everything that she has. It just it just is weird with the context of the rest of the book, I think. Yeah. It's just like it like we've already talked about how Leia just doesn't feel right like at all mm -hmm. through this entire book. Um, and it's, at least that's consistent. Like, she, <laughs> she just feels like this other character the entire time up into her death. <laughs> so, I'd forgotten that there was a, another line before that thing about the legacies in the paragraph above it. 
since Leia says she'd had it backward. Letting go wasn't giving up. It was the ultimate act of hope. Hope for her protégés, Ray and Poe, faith in the lessons she'd taught them. The last thing they would learn from her was how to go on with without her, thus finally embracing their own destinies as leaders. Uh. <laughs> I don't like the message that this sends, that letting go is the ultimate act of hope, because that also says that, like, Ben dying for Ray was, like, a good thing. That sends a really bad message about suicide. Um, it's different with Leia, because she is old and she is dying, but it is paralleled in Ben in this book and in the movie, and I don't like the message that that sends. It's very yikes. Sent that message in the movie, though, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> what, what are Leia's last thoughts about her legacy? Leia's last thoughts had been of her and Poe and the Resistance, but mostly Ben. Leia still loved him. She had forgiven him. She had called him to the light. Why is Leia thinking about Poe when she dies? <laughs> I do like that she's thinking about Ben. I, I think that's nice. I also I also hate the, the line, so I put a note on this and I just wrote, What? Her Skywalker legacy would go to Rey or Ghana to Poe, and she would try one last time to pass her solo legacy to her son. She doesn't have like, a solo legacy. <laughs> and she also shunned the Skywalker legacy. She never forgave her father. She didn't want any part of it. She became senator. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad what they did to Leia. I just don't understand it. But we have reached the one good part of this book. Thankfully, finally. Han. Han, yes. So I think the beginning of chapter 14 is, yeah, it's it's really great. Um, it's like a little bit, yeah, it's the whole beginning of um, their scene together. So I love seeing Ben reflecting on like, why had Ray healed him? Why had his mother loved him so much? Like, he he's finally realizing that all of the things that he thought like about how people didn't care about him were lies that like those were just the lies that Snoke and Palpatine had told him I love seeing him like liberate himself from this and then but this should have been a slow process yes it should have until this point it should have all like culminated here yes. it should have been slowly getting here it should have started with Palpatine admitting that he's been every voice. That should have already been him realizing that he'd been told so many lies. But it doesn't. It starts here. Like, Kylo basically is telling you, like, Kylo can't do this for himself. Like, he needed, like, a push by his mother. Yeah, which is kind of weird. I like that Leia, you know, had so much hope in him, but it just... It's just done strangely. Um, I do like when it says um, his mother had sacrificed herself to reach him. Then Ray had healed him at great cost to herself. In spite of everything he'd done, he had failed to kill the light within himself because it had been all around him all along. In Ray, his mother, even his father, and that's when Han appears. I love this this line where. Um about Han. His eyes were so full of love. They were like daggers. Come home, he urged. Mm. 
It's so good. I I loved it in the movie and I love it here. Just it's the perfect mirror. It's literally a recreation of Han's death scene. Um, but it's the death of Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. And it's really beautiful. And I, I love that the scene ends with him thinking he knew what he had to do. Somehow he would find the strength to do it. Like, that's that's good. That's really good. After this, you, you would notice this too. Um, suddenly it shifts to, like, pride and the Sith fleet. And it, it feels weird. Like, it feels like two different movies to me. Like, that was, like, an end, and now we're, like, yeah. moving into something else. And we have, like, a new bad guy, and, like, new things are happening. Yeah. Well, like, I just found, like, oh, like, who is Pride again? Like, I mean, we know who Pride is because, like, we've been following, like, the production of this movie. And we know, like, Richard E. Grant was really excited to play this role. But, like, as a like, general audience, like, I'm sorry, but, like, you'll, I'm pretty sure you'd be like, wait, who's this guy? Yeah, I I think that it's weird. I it could have easily still been Hux. Like this could have been Hux's character. I don't know why Pride is here yeah. at all. Um we do get some interesting things about the people on Exegol. So like we had already heard that like it was Sith cultists and they were like breeding and they were children and whatever. Um but it does say that they were also from other planets, like they were the other child soldiers that had been taken, um, and that they had been like conscripted as children and then carefully culled. Um, so this to me says that like they were taking from the ranks within the first order, like the first order took them, and then like the ones that they were like, yes, we need you for the final order, they like took them again, which again makes me wonder like why the how did the first order not know? <laughs> about this yeah like how many people did they take and like they just needed one like a mole basically to say like oh yeah this other thing's happening yeah it doesn't make any sense to me because this feels like the higher-ups would have known but yeah well it sounds like hux didn't know yeah because if hux had known he wouldn't have been a resistance mole spy i don't get it he would have gone and worked for the final order to take on Kylo. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't get it. Okay, where are we now? Uh, Octu. Haldo maneuvers. Oh, Octu. Haldo maneuvers. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I didn't have that flagged. Uh, <laughs> Do some real damage. I hate, I hate <laughs> so much. Boom. Bomal leaned forward. We need to do some Holden maneuvers, he said. Do some real damage. (laughs) And then, before Poe could answer that they couldn't afford to sacrifice anyone, Finn jumped in with, come on, (laughs) that move was one in a million. (laughs) Fighters and freighters can take out their cannons if there are enough of us. (laughs) Uh, We also get... What is it? It's Poe thinking of Leia saying failure is the greatest teacher. And I'm like, that is a line from The Last Jedi, and that was Yoda. (laughs) So yeah, Octu. To me, the worst scene in the movie and in the book is bad. Leia and Luke. Oh yeah, tell tell us about Han Han Erasure. Yes. It's really weird oh wait here we go 
Oh, whoops. Okay. So, um, you, Luke says, you think it's an accident we found each other, Luke continued. Two orphans from a desert, the force brought you to me and Leia for a reason. And then further down this page... He's, like, reminiscing on, like, like you see that, like, flashback scene of Luke and Leia fighting. And he's, like, Luke had loved training his sister. (laughs) And I hadn't realized that there was an emphasis on loved until you pointed it out. And it's just weird. (laughs) And in the page before that... um, It's him telling her, you know, like, oh, I know that you were a Palpatine. I always knew. And that Leia knew, too. And I'm like, but wait, what? Yeah, but I mean, we've... We've talked about this. We've discussed that before from the movie. Um, (laughs) But the thing about it is that, like, he talks about... He's basically talking about, like, why they still trained her. And it skips down and it says, like, I wanted Leia to think I was as strong as she was. I'm not. And Luke says, Leia was stronger than all of us. Which made Rey wonder, had Leia ever been tempted by the dark side? In all the stories she'd heard, in reading Luke's journals, studying with Leia, she had never once heard of anyone even trying to turn her, the way Vader and the Emperor had tried to turn Luke, the way Kylo had tried to turn her. Maybe all of them, uh, maybe of all of them, Leia had been unturnable. That is so BS. Yes, it is. Leia had a huge dark side streak. Are you kidding me? She was so much like her father. She was a lot she was, like him. She has so much Anakin. Nobody ever tried to turn her because <laughs> nobody knew about her. Vader couldn't turn. Vader didn't know about Dear her. God. The Emperor didn't know about her. I think, yeah, like I think if like the Emperor and Vader would have known about her, I think they would had would have had a better chance with her than Luke. Yeah, well, and like that was the thing. Like I, I do think it's funny that like Yoda, he was always like there is another. And there's, like, a... Was it in, from a certain point of view, where it's, like, Yoda wishes that, like, Leia had been the one to be trained and not Luke? Yeah. Yeah. That's totally true. It's totally true. Yeah. And then... He's, like, you know, like, Luke's, like... Luke's the, like... No, Leia's the superior twin. Like, who cares about Luke? But (laughs) right under this, at the very bottom of page 187, is the line. This is Ray. Some things are stronger than blood. The rightness of his words sparked inside oh, her. God. The force was stronger than blood and friendship and love. <laughs> Just stop. I can't believe I read that with my very two I know, eyes. I was like, are you kidding me right now? What What even is, what's, what? I just, I don't, I don't, I have no words. It's so bad. It's just so bad. <sighs> But after that, we get Lando on the Falcon, which is cute. That's fine. It was fine. It was fine. Like, he, he does see, like... <laughs> like, it was lacking L3. Yes. I do think it's funny that we get a reference to the cape closet from Solo, but not L3. <laughs> um, just because of her significance to the Falcon. Also... Also, did you, like, I think we skipped it, but that line about Poe really liking Lando's cape? Oh, no. I didn't... Like, yeah, like, um, I'm, I have a different version than you, so my page numbers are different. But it's, oh, it's earlier. It's on the same page as the Holdo oh, maneuver God. thing. <laughs> and it's, like, talking about how Poe, like, loves Lando's cape. 
And like, and he's like, he's like, he'd have to ask about it when all of this was over. I don't know, man. It's just weird. Can, can you like, can you picture Poe wearing a cape? Yes. Like what? <laughs> yes, but not not straight Poe, only gay Poe. No. <laughs> I do like that in this scene, we get um, there. There's like a a picture in Chewbacca's quarters that was of Ben as a baby, which is so cute. And, like, again, Lando doesn't need a daughter, which was only mentioned at the beginning. It's not mentioned again until the end, like, because he loved Ben so much. Like, he, he loved Ben so much, like, he, that w- it was enough. Because it even says... Um, yeah, all they had to do was emphasize, like, the fact that, like, Ben was, like... A nephew to him really yeah. emphasize that like you don't need to give him a missing daughter no it just you don't <laughs> well and it says like leia held out hope for ben until the very end turned out chewy had felt the same way like i think it would have been better to see that lando also held out hope for ben like otherwise why is he here mm-hmm. <laughs> like i just you know it would have made much more sense there's probably other stuff in here. Um, my next note is when Rey is already on Exegol, so she's facing the Emperor. I don't have a lot of notes from, like, the battle. I kind of had to skim a lot of the battle stuff because it was the part where just bad. I have, yeah, I have this whole part highlighted where she's thinking about actually striking him down. And where she says... Um, the thought swelled in her head yes. until she was giddy with it. Empress, would that be so bad? Making t- maybe taking on this mantle would be worth it to bring peace to to save her friends. The whole galaxy would have no choice but to be saved. Yeah, I have that underlined too. She should have taken Kylo's hand in the Last Jedi. Is basically what I'm hearing. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I'm hearing. But a good thing is that then it switches to Ben and it says Ray had healed him. He had accepted his father's forgiveness. He might even forgive himself someday. He would find the strength to make everything right, no matter what. Ben Solo called on the force uh-huh. and dropped. Like, this was him going into Exegol. Nothing would stop him from reaching her. Yeah. I love... Yeah, I love redeemed Ben Solo. Nothing would stop him from reaching her. I love that line. Oh, I loved redeemed... <laughs> There's a line from Adam from the BTS where he says, like, so long as he's with her, like, everything will be okay. Like, he's talking about Ray. Like, this is a man <laughs> who so loves good. redeemed Ben Solo. Like, he is great. Like, after the turn, Ben is amazing. And I love seeing all this. I yeah. wish it had been more gradual. I wish we had gotten a better Kylo Ren in the beginning, but it is, like, it is really good. I still think that Ray should have just taken his hand. <laughs> we get some weird things about the cloning information, about how, like, how her Ray's father is, like, one genetic strand cast. Mm-hmm. So, like, we hear about the strand casting in The Mandalorian, and it's, like, kind of written as a joke where Quill is like, oh, like, Baby Yoda can't be a strand cast because he's too ugly. (laughs) And, like, so this is, like, a practice. This is something that is, like, are are the bad batches, are, are, like, so is the bad batch, like, the ugly strand cast? Like, I don't I don't, I don't understand how all of these bodies weren't good enough 
And then they managed to make a perfect human male. And they were like, oh, no, he's not good. He's trash. (laughs) Well, because he doesn't have the force. How does a clone have the force? Well, because the one that Palpatine is, he has a weight with Snoke. How does Snoke have the force? How do you... So they're trying to synthetically create a being with force powers. Like, is that why they wanted well, Baby why, Yoda? Like, what were they trying to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, were they extracting midichlorians from Baby Yoda? I think the Yoda species is so powerful in the force that they take some midichlorians from Baby Yoda and doesn't even, like, affect him at all because he's so powerful that they can take some and just do whatever. But... I do wonder, because, like, he wants to possess Rey and use her as a vessel. So, like, if he could do that, why is he inhabiting this dying clone when he's got all these hundreds of followers? Are none of them... That would strike him down in an instant. Yeah, are none of them Force-sensitive? Can he not inhabit any of their bodies? Like, I don't... I'm very confused. (laughs) Well, it's because we had to have Ian McDermott in this movie. It, it, yes, that is extremely true. It's it doesn't make any sense. Maybe I that's don't get his why. Plan. That's why Matt Smith is no longer in this movie. <sighs> I guess that would have been so much better. Just like just use Ian McDermott's voice for stuff. Like, come on, <laughs> just makes me angry. I really love everything about Ben in this, like when they had their fight and all of that. Um, he had only one consuming desire, help Ray. Um, I don't like that he's, he thinks of the Knights as faithful brothers, and I'm like, yeah, no, they're not. Uh, read the comics. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like the line when when he gets there and he acknowledges Ray, and he's like, it felt, it felt different now. The connection was right, good, like coming home. Yeah. Because it is like coming home. It says this is how it should have been all along. A true dyad. The Emperor and Snoke had robbed them of this. Like they're finally together. Like this is what they've been working towards. Like their whole life. And there is a line that really reminded me of that. Like love is more than a candle thing. It says, Ray watched her grandfather's dawning horror as he finally realized his mistake, allowing Ray and Ben to come together, their bond refined in the fire of mutual searching, shared grief, rage and hate, but also of compassion and empathy was the one thing he had not foreseen. (laughs) I don't understand how you can have that kind of idea and then have it also be that the emperor uses the bond against them. I don't see how you can have both. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so we're back. For y'all, nothing happened, but Alex's computer decided it had enough of trust, and we almost lost it all, and but like, now we're fine. Of course this happens this week, because I had to, like, um, update my computer and make it all, like, ready to be able to work from home, and I've been, like, boasting about how much better my computer has been working, <laughs> and, like, I shouldn't have been so anxious about, like, up like like upgrading it to high sierra like i was like scared it was gonna like brick my computer but then i was having such a good week until now (laughs) all i could think of was just like we can't record this again i was like i don't (laughs) know what we're gonna do (laughs) like my mental capacity like is not ready to talk about this book for two hours again yeah especially because like we had made it so far (laughs) 
but we're back. Um, we were talking about Palpatine, but I, oh, the page I'm open to is um, Snap's death. So I did yeah, want to take a minute and talk about Snap's death. to say about Snap's death. It's no, not special. But, but JJ said that Snap is a fan favorite. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like here's the thing. If you like the Aftermath books and you like the Poe Dameron comic series, maybe you love Snap, but he's not, like, a fan favorite from the movies. I'm still bitter about Resistance Reborn making me care about Snap. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, and then him dying in just a stupid way. Um, but another stupid thing. So back to Palpatine. There's a line on page 222. That said, he had won, at last, all those years, all that searching. He had tried to create a dyad with Anakin. His master had tried to create one with him. The rule of two, a master always in desperate search of yet so more stupid. powerful apprentice. Oh, so stupid. This was him sucking up the, um, the dyad power. And I'm like, you should never in your book have a, a thing where the villain's like, he had won. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I'm just mad i'm just big mad are they stood the together and they died where lando has the rest of the ships come in are we there yes because then like this is kind of cool we're ghosts standing by zay versio with inferno squad standing by look at all these ships and then fireball here hi everyone and so you oh, know that baby. little baby oh and, like, the ghost is standing by. Yeah. Um, that's nice. Like, I'm like, yeah, that makes me smile. But I wish I had known who was talking when they said ghost standing by. They could have yeah. written that. <laughs> what was like, it? Especially since they said Zayversio, and I feel like more people would have got, like, been invested in the, the ghost thing than the yeah. Zay thing. Could they just, like, did they just not want to step on the toes of, like, whoever is going to be writing, like, Hera, the Sindula family, like, going forward, kind of? Maybe, because, like, maybe they have things planned for it. Like, we still don't know, like, what's going on with Jason. Like, is this Jason? Yeah, like, it could. I think maybe it's just they weren't stepping on toes, but, like, they stepped on toes for the rest of this book. So, <laughs> <laughs> what does it matter? Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's a cute moment. I like that moment. So, again, this is, like, a lot of... Okay, also, I was gonna say there's a scene of, like, Emperor Palpatine released himself from the Omnin harness and drifted down. Like, do you remember happening, that happening in the movie? Did you see him get released from the harness? No, but somebody... Because I'm having a hard time picturing it. Somebody came into my mentions on YouTube, on my video, because I mentioned that it felt like the story group wasn't very present in this book. And they said to me, they were like, um, yes, they were, because the whatever harness thing was from Legends or whatever. And I'm just like, please stop talking. Oh, God. (laughs) It was probably in the script, in Terio's script. I don't know. I just, I don't know. That's so funny. (laughs) Uh, Ben Solo gets thrown into the pit. Yeah. And so, um, where does it say that? He tumbled end over. Th- uh, he tumbled end over, end through the length of the cathedral, then disappeared into a flashing abyss. Which I think 
So if you look up Exegol on Wikipedia, it says that the Sith cultists had tried to mine deep into the planet because they wanted to reach the Virgins. And in The Rise of Skywalker, in the text, um, the Jedi text referred to the world between worlds as the Virgins scatter. Mm-hmm. So I think that this really fuels like world between worlds energy, like he's yeah. falling into the world between worlds. I think that'd be really cool. I don't think this was their intention, but I do think it's an out. It all It's an out. To me, that's what it is. It's like, okay, well, this wasn't JJ or Terrio's intention, but they have this little exit door right here if they want to use it. Yeah. I also think when Rey calls on the Jedi, she is seeing the world between worlds because it says um, the battle above disappeared. Instead, Ray saw a perfect yeah. sky, vast with stars, peaceful, light-filled. Mm-hmm. It was like she was staring through a window to someplace else, a, tw- a place between places. Yeah. Which I do think it's the intention there because of the well, wordage. Even this part where um, she reached for Ben, nothing. Their connection had weakened when the Emperor stole their life force. She vaguely sensed Ben falling but it was like he'd fallen out of existence itself, leaving her carved out and broken. Yeah. That Which, like, is... Oh, man, that hurts. Yeah, but he was falling out of existence itself. Like, that yeah. line is like... Like, why what? else wouldn't she have been able to feel him? Because, like, we know that he's not dead, and so, like, she should have still been able to feel him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do like that it says their connection had weakened, because, and it also says their life force, so, like, he, you can't, you can't break a dyad. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like their mythology here is so all over the place, and it's, it's very much, like, whatever you make of it, which I guess is fine, but I, I wish, it would have been nice to explore that a little bit more. Um, so this is, getting into her with the Jedi, uh, it talks about how she had failed so utterly, like, she feels really hopeless, because, like, now Ben is gone, and the Emperor is one and all of this. And it says that she reaches out. She's like, what would Leia do? The answer came to her gently like a soft morning breeze. She had to give. She had to give everything. And so that's when she reaches out and she says, be with me. Um, Yeah. But I mean, like, why in the third movie of a trilogy is our protagonist thinking about what another character should would do in her situation? Yeah, it it really feels weird. Um, Like, at this point, like, she's gone through the growth, right? Like, we've seen her grow, and, like, she should be making a decision based off of, like, what she would do. Yeah, not off of what somebody else would be doing. And I think in this moment, it's not that Leia would give everything. It's that Leia would always fight. Mm -hmm. Like, Leia was always fighting fighting like she would never give up so like the wordage is kind of weird but then the wordage makes sense because it says palpatine had wanted ray for himself but she had chose to be their conduit their, their vessel. vessel she was, she a, jedi. was a jedi yeah <laughs> i don't like it I don't like it but they like they fill her up with like all of their power like the jedi like fill her up with this power so that she can defeat him and it says that it it was taking everything the Jedi had given her, everything she had. So the Jedi appeared, full, like filled her with power, and then took everything. But like, aren't the, the like the dead Jedi just like bottomless pits of energy? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> no, they took 
all of their energy back and then all of her life force too because it killed her but why exactly it was a choice it well because then ben solo performs his act of saving her and then he dies because of it Ugh. i know it's real bad but well before we talk about that i i crossed out i don't know if you can see this i crossed out like a whole paragraph uh, <laughs> um yeah um, it's it's finn like sensing Ray's die, death. Yeah. yeah i was just like gross nope but this part with like ben seeing ray no dead and it he's it, okay this is how it goes he could see her now collapsed on the floor and the pain in his chest was suddenly so much worse than a couple of broken ribs Okay, but, like, even before that, it's... But he had to get back to the throne room, because he couldn't sense Ray at all. The climb up was agonizing. Each time he reached for a handhold, a hot knife of pain stabbed his left side. Dizziness threatened to send him tumbling back into the abyss, but he kept on, yeah. one hand over the other, until finally his fingers grasped See, the top. this is the only scene in the book where I teared up reading it. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so good. No grave can hold my body down. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Work song. And I really love, like, this scene. I just wish that it had ended with him living, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Because um, it, it, he even thinks that, like, this was his fault. But then like, he says no. Like, he, yes. that's his old self talking, and he realizes that is his old self talking, which I is so I love that. Good. I love that. Those thoughts were the vestiges of Snoke's conditioning. Ray was good, kind, no matter what had happened between them. What he'd done, she always showed him compassion. That's good. <laughs> and he just found her, really found her. He'd wasted his life. He knew that now. Like, oh my god. The Force hadn't taken her yet, though, Shannon. The Force hadn't taken her yet, though. He knew exactly what Ray would do in his place. It was the easiest decision he'd ever made. Ben poured everything into her. her. He found reservoirs he didn't know he had. He gave her his whole self. Alex, <laughs> Ray showed him how to give. <laughs> I crossed out the, the death part. Yeah. <laughs> I like scribbled it out. I love um. I I love the kiss. I love I love then wonder of wonder, she leaned forward and kissed him. I think that's so bad solo to say something like wonder of wonders. Yes. <laughs> I just, and like, it does say kiss of gratitude, but I it's kiss it. of gratitude, acknowledgement of their connection, celebration I, that they had found yes, each other at last. Like, here's the thing, like, yes, like, like, it is romantic, but I hate that they even had to put in the word gratitude at all. Mm, yeah, they, like, they didn't they, need to put that in there. That's in there, again, for policing, which we get into afterwards. Um, like, we're not going to talk about the death because he's not dead, folks. He's in the world between worlds. But he smiled um, back at her. Oh, he did smile back at her. So, like, yeah, he had sacrificed everything for her. What I don't like is there's a line that says, she did not mourn Kylo Ren. Yeah. She would never mourn Kylo Ren. Like, it's just this clear line in the sand it's so of, policey. like, he's bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very policey. 
Um, but it does say it felt like her other half was missing, and she supposed it was. The girl who had felt alone for all those years on Jakku had been part of a dyad this whole time, and just when she discovered that precious connection, that incredible oneness, it was ripped away. You did this, like, JJ. You did this. Yeah, like, this is so <laughs> sad. Like, why on earth do you end your trilogy like this? Like, no, this is not saga. good. Your entire Yeah, you end your saga movies. like this. This is not happy. Because then it, like, tries to be happy because it's like, I'll always be with you. Like, from Ben, which, again, like, to me just fuels World Between Worlds. And then she smiles and says no one's ever really gone and then sprints away. Yeah. Like, I can headcanon my way out of that, but it's just annoying to see. Hmm. And then the stuff about the lightsaber, right? Yes. Yes. So now we're Wait, no, before we get to the lightsaber, because that's the very end, um, I do want to say something about um, them all coming together. So, like, they even talk about how, like, some other evil will rise. Like, this isn't actually over. Um, But the big thing was that... Lando talks to Janna, and it's better in the book than it is in the movie because it's because it's, it's obvious that Janna is not his daughter. Yes, <laughs> um, but it does say that. Let's see, um, thousands, maybe millions of kids have been taken by the First Order, like his own little girl, and some of them, a very few, were special. The ones like Finn and Janna, who had somehow managed to shake their First Order conditioning and make the right choices. Lando and the Lady Luck would help these special kids find their families if that's what they wanted. Help them discover their place in the new galaxy. Uh, I don't like the idea that, like, only some of them are good. Yeah, it's like, oh, everyone else is a lost cause. Like, they don't need our help. Yeah, when they were all taken as children. Like, none of them had a say. And you're saying that only some of them are special enough to overcome it. And I would argue that in the movie, what they're saying is that you are only special enough to overcome it if you have the Force. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is not not a good look. (laughs) The last thing to talk about is the lightsaber. Um... Because, like, Ray coming back and putting the sabers away. There is a line where it says that she is going back towards the Falcon because they're trying to say, like, oh, look, no, she's not staying on Tatooine. And I'm like, whatever. But then she still goes and looks at the sunsets after that. Yeah, which is still stupid. Um, But, yeah. So where is her saber? Okay, I I have it underlined. Her, Her lightsaber glowed white gold, and she gazed at it for a long moment. It was single-bladed, with an outer casing and emitter salvaged from her quarterstaff. The final result felt like the exact inverse of the lightsaber held by the dark ray of her vision, and she loved it. It was beautiful, it fit so perfectly in her hand, and she would carry it with her forever. She literally killed her shadow. She literally learned nothing. She loved it because it was the inverse of, like, the exact opposite of the saber that she saw in her dark vision. What? Yeah, like like the saber that she had been dreaming of, she saw it with Dark Ray, and then she was like, oh, so never mind, and she makes a different one, and it's, Ugh. I hate it, I hate it. And then also when, so when the old lady comes and like asks her who she is, she's like, Ray, and she's like, Ray who? But then this whole section... <laughs> God. 
<laughs> Leia and Luke stood on the edge of the homestead, glowing blue, smiling at Ray. Ray missed them both so much. Luke gave her a gentle nod. It's yours, Ray. So she needs to get their permission to use the Skywalker name is what this is telling me. Yes. I just, I don't understand. And I don't understand, like, I understand her missing Leia, but I don't understand this fascination with Luke, this fixation on Luke. I don't get it. It's weird. And it, she reads so little girl. She reads so precious and pure. And she's not a character. She's just, she's not. Uh, It's bad. That's the end of the book. That is the end of the book. Um, So thank you for coming on this journey with us. (laughs) That was a long one. But like we said at the top, like, I do not recommend reading this book. I I don't, um, especially if you have, like, reservations still about Tross. Like, it just... It's hard. It makes me tired. Like, I'm tired now. <laughs> like, I just yeah. want to, like, lay down. I, I feel like I just reread it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's just it's just bad. Um, I, I really hope that we take better steps in the future. Um, like, I, I don't want this to be the end of their stories. I want to see more from them. But I do hope that they give it a little bit of time and actually, like, come up with a story yeah it just it's yeah it's upsetting um but yeah so that was the rise of skywalker novelization okay we need (laughs) to choose a way funner topic for next time yes i i have no idea what we're going to talk about next time um if you have some ideas please let us know we would love to hear from you And I will say again, um, please send us your Star Wars stories. Uh, currently, we still don't have one for this week. Uh, maybe it could be you. You never know. Um, but you can always send in your story to lipsticklightsabers1901 uh, at gmail.com. You can find us always on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers. Um, I am at McCarter Shannon, and she is at Alex Leonis. Do you have anything else you want to say, Alex? No. All right. (laughs) That was the Tross novelization. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.